What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Cartoon Casual, I'd like to welcome a guest. A guest. It's been a long, long time. It's, it's been a, a guest. It's Joe? been it's been like a solid eighty or ninety episodes, I think, since we've had a, a guest. Oh, it's been that long. I really? think it has been. Oh dear. Well, you saw how dusty the damn microphone was. They were we in your house cleaning. Yeah, Hazel was in here. Hazel. <laughs> Pete. Hey, hey. Pete Harmio from Shady Grove Records. Okay, now hold on a second. Pete is the Anglo version of what you what is actually right. Is is your legal name? Pete. Peter. Javier. Anthony Harmio. Okay, so oh. it's not like Pedro, Ezekiel, Javier. I have no family in uh, in Mexico. See, and this is a distinction that needs to be made yes, because is. this is something I've always found interesting about your family because I've actually known your sister for over 20 years. Hold on, let's, let's just say together. who owns the proprietor of Shady Grove o- Records. Owner and proprietor and operator, manager. Yes. All of those things. Of. Toilet cleaner. Of, of toilet cleaner, duster. Record pricer. Of Shady <laughs> Grove. sleever. Furniture polish sniffer. Stop. Shady Grove. I'm trying to get this. <laughs> I just want to go through. I want to give him credit for all the jobs he does at Shady Grove Records. You know New York. You need New York. <laughs> you know you need unique New York. Which... Very good. Very good. <laughs> I'll very never good. be able to do that again. I know. that was. A... I'm at the proper caffeination level where I can do that. Right. Less stuttering. Exactly. More too fast. You can't hear it. All right, so Pete, let's get this out of the way. Let's just do a quick synopsis. I'm just going to get this out of the way. One or two. What, what does Shady Grove Records entail? Like, what do y'all do there? Like, we, we know, but... You what would you say you do there? <laughs> so, our focus is vintage vinyl, but uh, our store logo is everything music. So, uh, while a majority of what you'll find in the store is going to be vintage vinyl, CDs, tapes, DVDs, uh, we do t-shirts, stickers, patches, uh, lots of musical equipment, guitars turntables, hi-fis, uh, nothing new. Everything is uh, sourced from private owners, so everything is gently used. It's just a bunch of used crap. <laughs> just a, <laughs> Basically. It's a no, vintage. I'm just kidding. No, it, it really, it's, uh, it's everything is everything is curated and, and uh, serviced and cleaned and put out to move on to the next customer. So It is a great addition to downtown that has been desperately needing something like this for a long yes. time. And I have definitely... Uh, would you say maybe like a car payment and possibly rent I've paid? I would say potentially. I would say that Joe's covered a couple months rent. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad that I like got to a point where well actually when I didn't you, see him for like four months. So it, was it like wasn't four months. It was like three, three months. It was and like three two, weeks. Yeah, whatever. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it's it's an addiction. Now that it, was working really for if it worked for me because you would advertise or you would say, "Oh, this just came in on Facebook." You would do some different posts, especially during COVID. And I'm going, "Oh, I think I'm going to need that." And then it took me forever to pick up whatever that I don't know was it Pink Floyd, whatever the heck that was. Oh right, I and I was like messaging you like weekly, well, constantly. Like, Dude, like, you need to come and get this. And I said, because "I promise." I'm sick of looking at you know, it. I like, promise I want it. And you go, and he's like, "Will you just pay for it?" I said, "Sure, I'll pay for it." And then I left it there for more months, even longer, beyond. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then of course you paid for something. I was put in charge there of delivering go. it, and I right. just brought it out today. John I, Coltrane, blue blue train or blue co- what's it? Blue, blue train. Blue train. Blue train blue yes, train. thank you. And it sat at my house. I feel like a dick, but whatever. It's not like you have a record player hooked did up. Did you listen to right? it? No, no, what? I didn't. That's what I asked him. No, I, I didn't. Oh, no, because I didn't know. Knowing Paul and his expensive taste, well, with the airplanes and the women and the drugs, oh, like God. I just. No, I, did, I had no idea. It could have been something. You could have paid $400 for that record. I'm not going to touch it. I, 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 it I took it gingerly out of my truck mm-hmm. uh, and then put it with my records like toward the end that I don't listen to. Right. Sat upright. Because before yeah. you came out, Pete, I, I asked Joe, I said, I don't, I've totally lost track. I don't know if Pete has any albums of mine still or not. And then you started laughing on via text and said, well, I do. I got one of your things. Yeah. You've been dragging around with me for a while. Because I didn't yeah. even tell you about it. Because you didn't ask about it. Because you just buy shit and forget about it. <laughs> Man, what's crazy is I gave that to you months ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. No, a, you brought uh, it here. It was, it was in your truck. It was in my truck. I literally. I st- you. What happened was you said. Uh, come out at this time and like things happen with your shop you're mm. like nah don't come out and I'd already left my house and I'm like well, I'm not gonna turn around and sit there for 15 minutes so I'm like oh, I'll stop and see Pete and stop at the shop you know it's downtown it's near where I live so I'm like fuck it I'll go in there and I was in there for a couple hours and then you're like hey Joe you're gonna see Paul take this he bought this oh, and he right, hasn't come right. and get, gotten it so I took it put it in my truck drove out here we recorded I edited uploaded we chatted for like a couple hours and then I went home and as I <laughs> I go to pull my shit out of the truck. I see your record there. I'm like, son of a bitch. I made it within like <laughs> fucking 50 yards of the goddamn of Paul. Yeah, I was sitting out and, there for a few hours, just right out there. Yeah, so I, I'm going to charge you for storage. Okay. Um, but I didn't listen to it. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't trust myself. What if I like fucking sneeze and, and fuck up the label and now it's uh, your, well, your gonna, $400 record's $50 or now something. Now I'm going to bring it to your place and we're going to listen to it coming shit. up. Shit. Surely that's what's going to happen. I have to listen to jazz? Awesome. <laughs> It's like fucking shoes. It's like shoes in a dryer. Oh god. I'm kidding. That's that's the some of the freeform jazz shit I just can't fucking get down so with. There's, but. there's there's a huge difference and it's funny that you said that because uh the jazz novice, for lack of a better term, uh always goes to that default position of oh god, it's Which free, is me joking freeform, around. Yes. No, absolutely, it, but it, free jazz is, is a very scary thing and as somebody who's who is a fan of jazz, I do not like free jazz. It, it, it's chaotic. It's all over the place. Some people love it. For me, it's not. But stuff like Coltrane, Miles Davis, all of that like bop era jazz is just so amazing. The, the, the bebop, the bossa compos- nova, that stuff is, I love it. The composition that. is just, uh, it, there's so much depth there. It's, have, uh, have you seen the Miles Davis? I think it's on uh, Netflix, isn't it? Oh, The Birth of Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Such That's, a great. Yeah. yeah. Such a great, great documentary. I learned so much. About a very, just a very tormented person who had just an amazing amount of talent, right? Uh, That's uh, weird because most artists are really stable and normal. Right, yeah. (laughs) No, but... (laughs) Yeah. But the thing about it is that, you know, especially in, uh, in like, the rock genre, which is, I think, I can say that we're all very focused on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, jazz it's like you think about miles davis yes he was tormented but this was a guy that was tormented and had all of these problems but he didn't overdose and die at 27 this guy lived this guy was in the music industry for 50 years and had cocaine addiction and all of these problems and all this crazy stuff and he overcame all that and was still one of the most famous you know 
jazz musicians that ever existed. Kind of world renowned. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Amazing. No doubt. And like you know, when you think of jazz, people know who Miles Davis is. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people you think of jazz. The, the it, it depends on who you are, but for the most part, if somebody says jazz, Miles Davis's name is absolutely. the first one out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. A close second is John Coltrane. I, I yeah. agree. Yeah, and it, it, oh man, but it is it is so good. But yeah, the the joke the joke is all jazz is freeform jazz. That's like that's like right. a fucking that's such a small. That's like saying all rock and roll is prog rock. Right. But I'm sorry, but King Crimson can suck. Like I just don't. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Like I like complicated shit. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a fan of Rush. Like I like I like complicated stuff because I took enough music theory to understand m- most of it, and I hear it. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Like there's the uh, one of my favorites is uh, in the No Doubts uh, first album. Uh, which is Tragic Kingdom. There's a song, uh, Sunday Morning. There's a weird, uh, it's like a 9-8, 9-8 or 5-4 time, time, like time signature yeah. that it just happens in there and it, and it kind of slowed down. That's what Rush does all the time. They flip around time. Yes, but constantly. ska bands typically don't do that, especially right. in the 90s. And it was just kind of, I was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? And as that album became big, our uh, music uh, theory teacher used that song, that little snippet of the song, to open us up to listening to weird shit like old, like old bossa nova stuff and we just weird rhythms. And then then he opened it up, and that's when I learned about Miles Davis's "Bitches Brew" mm-hmm. of doing oh, like blending uh, African music with jazz, which comes from African music, and just kind of made it come full circle. And you're like, what the fuck? And he used that modern contemporary thing to teach about. Then that's when I was like. 14, 15, and finally, and learned about that. And that's when my stepdad started pulling the old jazz records out and started playing shit. Cause I thought all jazz was, a, was that free form, free jazz. Like, how do you tap your toe to this kind of? Yeah, music? I like yeah. stuff with a beat. Yep. Yeah. As, you know, the thousand dollars I've spent at Pete's place with funk records. <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> so you've it been. It works, it works. Yeah, you, right? You've been dealing records long before you had your store. Is that right? Uh, you know, of? not really. I've been a collector on and off for, uh, probably 26 or 27 years since I was about 15 years old. Uh, one of my best friends, mom, uh, we used to hang out at their house and we would listen to records and smoke pot every night. And I kind of got this love for how fun it was to have this collection of something that kind of encompassed who you were you could say oh this is this is part of me these tangible objects are Mm -hmm. they describe me as far as this part of my life and uh it just seemed different than cassettes or cds which is what we all had at the time and so when i was 14 or 15 when i would go like garage sailing with my dad literally i just started buying records that i liked or records that i saw and uh, at the time this is the early to mid 90s vinyl was out the door i mean yep. we used to go to record we used to go to yard sales and buy just about any record for a quarter or like buying my first copy of pink floyd dark side of the moon for <laughs> 25 cents wow. and it was like brand new mint condition mm-hmm. because like, nobody cared i remember now, like yeah. i can remember that. i remember my mom just making the switch over like when she put the records Boxed them up, took the crates, put them into a box, and just put them in the yep, garage. Done with those because she was replacing everything on CD. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny though? That was in the that was one of those things. Like I've talked to Paul about this before. Is it? I think I probably mentioned it to you that uh, growing up, we may not have had a lot of money, but we always had ridiculous audio system. Right. Like the uh, ad, the big ass Advents. <laughs> yeah. 
in, you know, uh, uh, Pioneer. All, everything else was Pioneer. Pioneer Turntable, Moran's yes. Receivers, all of those yes. things. Yes, all that, that yep. stuff. All of that like, stuff. Wow. And, and, and do you have head, headphones too, Joe, like we did to uh, you always listen to that stuff? My mom and yeah. stepdad both had Sennheiser headphones, like oh, the God. big over-ear Sennheisers. Yeah, yeah so they had yeah. those. And then, you know, uh, that... That those didn't get used a lot, really, because it was a fa- it was a family thing to like put on music, right. and and listen to it. So, uh, but we I remember my mom saying, "Well, this is these sound these sound better, and they're not as scratchy and they're not abused and like the you know fucking the album covers don't smell like weed because you're breaking up your buds on top of it." You know, like she <laughs> right. she's like, "So I guess that that time's over." And but now. That that was in you know mid eighties to like the early nineties when she was replacing vinyl with CDs. Those CDs have now deteriorated because they they're. Did you know that, Paul? They the they CDs actually, they actually deteriorate. Yeah, they deteriorate huh. over time. The foil it's just foil. It's it foil is, over yeah. top of plastic. Okay. Laser cut foil over top of plastic, and it does deteriorate over so time. So on its own, you mean if it's not even if it's out of the sun, out of the heat, it just on its own it yep. deteriorates. Right. It I oxidizes it's because it's plastic. It starts to break down. Yeah. Okay. So the the foil is actually applied to the top of the CD. Okay. And then the all of the digitized information is burned onto that foil mm-hmm. the plastic is basically just a protector which is why you can resurface a cd and it doesn't affect any of the sound no you know uh but that foil does deteriorate which is a big thing that's happening right now with people that collect laser discs oh really oh, which okay. is funny because i think the last laser discs were produced in 2004, 2005. Oh shit, they went those, that those big ones. Right. The so big, yeah. I didn't know that they produced yeah, them so that late. So everybody that's got a that's got a crate full of laser discs that their grandpa that's or their uncle away too. left. I mean, those are collectible now and like the last one that was produced for US distribution was uh ironically enough, it's just such a forgettable movie is end of days by arnold schwartz with arnold schwartz that's the last movie put that was the last one and that's funny and because i've never seen the the last one i haven't either i or you know i watched it 15 years ago or 15 years ago but uh i don't remember it but because that was the last one it's kind of given it this Almost mythic status, like yeah, collector's yeah, item thing. Yeah, it's such a crazy thing because it's like worth like four hundred dollars. Jesus. It's like so. This, the, this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The average laser disc is you can buy for anywhere between five to twenty bucks. You know. Okay. Like, so the same technology of foil on this plastic is that? Are they also a vinyl too? The 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 CDs is it a the, or something else? Do you know? It's just a, PVC. I, I, I really know. don't know what okay. it's made out of. Clear so, plastic. So that technology is the same thing as a DVD, I assume. So yes. the, those go away too. Yeah. So I thought I was being really smart because I would buy the shitload of DVDs and movies, and I know that's all a lot of streaming did. and that kind of. I thought, hey, this will be great because if there's ever some streaming problem, and I really want to watch a movie, you know, I'll just have my Blu-ray discs, and I can just. Pop right. it in a player that I'll just keep around. Now we're talking. My mom's got CDs that are thirty-five years old. Right. Your deep Blu-rays are probably not going to deteriorate. You know, this in is 35, 40 years. No, they're not. They're not going to deteriorate for probably ten or fifteen years. Okay. You know, but like, I just find that funny. But she's like, uh, like I st- stole some records from her a couple years ago when I was back there visiting, and I, you know, my mom took meticulous care of her her records. And some of those records have been played in 30 years, 30, 35, 40 years. And they're in perfect shape, perfect shape. No deterioration whatsoever. It's my favorite thing. That's, I find that, I just think that's great. I, well, being in the, the uh, uh, record business, I'm pretty sure that is a really good thing. Oh, I love, those things there's, just, nothing, there's nothing better than 
pull in a record that's you know 35 or Flawless. 40 years out and it's just beautiful and you can yeah. look at it and go yep oh. that yeah. um uh uprising the that i bought i bought that from you like a year ago the bob marley yeah one. the yeah the yeah. last one that the whalers put out like the like 1980 is when it came came out oh, after yeah. bob died it's the one with with, with with the cover that's a white cover and it's a black dude with dreads like holding up the sky like on it by a mountain mm-hmm. yeah that record I bought from you, it sounds... First off, it's the best sounding record that they have because I don't know what they did that was different, but the recording... I mean, even listening to full lossless you know, digital versions doesn't sound as good as that record does. Just the, the mixing is perfect and everything, and that is a flawless record. There's no pops, there's no scratches, nothing. It's amazing. And it's one of my favorite ones to play because it. I forget that I'm listening to... I'm like, I'll put on side A and get in the shower... And get ready for work, and then I'm like, "What the fuck? Why the music stop?" And I have forgot that the fucking side one, side A is over, side one's over. I have to flip it because it sounds so good. I forgot that I was listening to our vinyl record. Right, right. And they're just they, they do. That's the one with with the. Uh, doesn't that one have two side A labels on it? Though? Yes. Yeah. Oh uh, no, so... that's the legend that you sold oh, me. Oh, is it? It has two side A. I was like, yeah. it, it freaked me out. I was like. Oh, I know you're shit. like, is this valuable? I'm like, yeah, no, I immediately it's just is once because odd it, pressing. It yeah, it has side A label on mm-hmm. one side and then side A on the other side. Oh, it's just a mistake. And okay. it, yeah, but I you know I when I was a kid I used to collect baseball cards and you always wanted to get oh, an yeah. error card, the I, flawed ones. Yeah. I still have one. It's like when, pennies or you have money that's fucked yeah, up. like misstamped stuff like that. Yeah. I still have one at my mom's house in a Footlocker that I have that is uh, Nolan Ryan. When he hit five thousand strikeouts, like nineteen ninety, I remember the card, and and it's supposed to have yeah, it's an upper deck card. It's supposed mm-hmm. to have gold, a little gold emboss on the bottom right, and mine is upside down and on the top left. Oh, that's cool. You know how much that thing's worth now? I have no idea. No. Forty bucks. Like it's not worth. It's not worth. Why? It's worth less than one penny without the without the thing, right? Without oh. the error on it, but the error. Oh. On there makes it you know ramps up the value ten thousand percent, but that's still only like eighty 40, bucks because it's forty cents. If yeah. You, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I love the collectible nature of that shit. But yeah, I did kind of freak out. I hit up Peter. I'm like, hey man, I don't fucking know. Like, I feel like maybe you sold this to me for like fifteen bucks, but like, I know it's Bob right. Marley's legend. It's like my generation's Frampton comes alive. Right. Like, fucking everybody has it. And he's like, oh no, man, don't worry about it. I'm like, fuck, man. I hope he didn't like. Because I'm the honorable guy that would be like, if I have like a $500 record that I bought for my friend, I'm not going to just hold on to that and sell it for, no, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. Mm. Okay, so you, did you ever stop really collecting though? Or just slow down, or you just, you just never stopped with you? Because you say when you were younger, you kept doing it, or that's about, when you started. The thing that's funny about collecting records, and, and not everyone's like this, uh, but collecting records when you're uh, a poor person, so to speak, is that... Uh, your collection size fluctuates many, many times throughout the years of collecting. So I've had as many as a thousand and as few as 10 or 12 that I just couldn't let go of uh, over the years. And that happened three or four times where it was like, okay, it's we're moving and I'm not taking these 800 records with me, sell them or need new tires for the car. These got to go, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm sick of lugging these around. I'm going to start collecting CDs. Uh, and I, I've went kind of on that roller coaster with vinyl, but I've always had a love and a passion for it. So um, I've always bought and sold music equipment since I was probably 20 years old. I've been scouring pawn shops and finding guitars and cleaning them up and fixing them up and setting them up and then selling them off and making a profit. 
And it used to be just so that I could buy more musical equipment for myself, but uh, as I got older and vinyl became more and more of a passion, I started kind of applying that mindset to my collecting. I would go out and find these rare jazz records that when I was 30, I really didn't care about. But I would find them and like, oh, this is valuable, you know, and these people are selling them for a, a buck a piece. So you then, start learning of their value because you started doing research and there's probably little books and things you can get. Exactly. And you started studying it. And, Pre-internet, and, it was just a, it was basically just uh, the collector's vinyl guide. There were several different ones that were made, but mm-hmm. there was a few that were that were very prominent. And they were just these very thick, think like a. Like the Guinness Book of World like, Records. Like onion skin like, thin paper. Like yeah. Beckett's. Yeah. Like, Beckett, exactly. like, like Beckett's for collectibles yeah. for basketball cards, yeah. baseball cards. And it would just cards. have yeah. every, basically every record and mm-hmm. just values of, of all of these records, and they would update it every year. And then as the internet became more prevalent, then all of that changed drastically. And, uh, you know, collectability of everything is, as we age has gone up because of nostalgia. So mm-hmm. here we are in this whole new era of vinyl collecting now. It's it's. It's and and amazing. people's parents are, you know, to add this into it, we had a previous conversation, but they're starting to die now, and they've got large collections. This is, happens a lot, where the kids are going, now what do we do with this? Right. And I Dad get, and I get, a, I get of, a lot of those, I, yeah. honestly. And it's, it, as somebody who had never collected, who had never sought out collections from that aspect, being a business owner, it's something that inevitably you're just a part of. Um, because you're there, you're the only readily available source for these people to offload these things, whether they want money or they just want to get rid of them. So people um, give you like, a, sometimes they give you a lot of vinyl for free, I imagine. Yeah. I, and sometimes there's gems in there. Is that, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, the one thing I've learned is that, you know, you accept a gift with grace and give something without expecting return. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when somebody comes in, I always ask them, are you sure you don't want me to look through them, see if there's anything valuable? No, I just I just want them to go. They were my mom's. If you can make some money, I feel good about helping small business. And I'm like, you know, that's awesome. That's cool as hell. Is uh, that the majority of people, you think? No, no, no. no. A majority no. of people. I, I wouldn't say the majority, but I would say that's... A good chunk. There, there is a chunk there. There is a cool. percentage of people who are just like, look, I just, I just want them to go someplace where people are going to like them. I don't want to take them to Goodwill is usually what I yeah, hear. Yeah. Nobody wants their parents' stuff or, you know, a dead relative's things to end up just being ram, you know, basically flip through and through yeah, at a, yeah. At especially a if it was something that, yeah, you know, or especially if it was something that holds meaning. Like I see records that like. To me, and, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, is like kind of dealing with uh, getting older, all of us getting older, and then our parents getting older. And like I look at my, my I'll look through my mom's, or rather I'll go to your place and I'll look through records and I'll see a record that I don't even, I, all I do is I visually recognize the cover. Right. And I remember f- like thinking that was a cool cover. Uh, it, uh, just looking through my mom's record collection, even when we didn't have a record player in the living room, like after the CD revolution and all that stuff, I just would look through them because I liked looking. It was like thumbing through a magazine, you know? Yeah. It was like uh, uh, Greg Allman's Laid Back. That's one. That album, like I know exactly what that album cover looks like and I could see it from probably 50 feet away. Um, was it uh, Court of the Crimson King? I know what that, that's a mis- unmistakable album. Cover. Oh, yeah. I, I know what these, the, I, and there's memories associated with them. And nobody wants to take those memories that they're that are memories that you have of your parents, but also that your parents had a passion about and dump them off at goodwill. So like, I can tell you right now, I would be one of those people who'd be like, here, after I've gone through and picked out everything that I want, right, right, you know, um, 
I would go to your shop and be like, here, here's a couple crates, like just fucking make some money. Right. And, and, and I get, you know, at first I didn't really know how to accept that as somebody who's in this industry to make money. I'm a retail shop. I'm like, I'm here to make money. And so my expectation is that when people bring me goods, I pay for those goods and then I resell those goods. Uh, once I've done my thing with them, you know, clean them up and sleeve them and make them look pretty and presentable and provide people with the space to come and explore that. Uh, so the first few times that that happened, I, it was really kind of, I was like arguing with these people. I'm like, no, no, let me look through them and I'll give you some money for and them. And it's something you never expected either. And they're like, no, take them or I'm going to go throw them in the trash. Like I had one guy tell me that, look, I want you to just have them. And I'm like, but what if there's valuable stuff in there? And he's like, who cares? Make some money then, you know? Right. And it's like, wow, that, that realization was was like, okay, you know, this is what they want. You have to respect people's wishes I, on some level, you know, and if if that's uh, what they want, then I don't argue with them anymore. But, do, you, uh, do you have storage issue problems? Oh, right? gosh. <laughs> Ask my wife, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, the records and, you All know. All in your house throughout, oh, you know, the spare bedrooms are full and things. And no, you know, of? it's not too bad. Okay. Um, you know, most of my collection went, most of my collection went to the shop when I opened you know, that was a that was a real easy way to get a thousand records into the inventory real, real fast right. at the time when I started collecting. And then uh, I had when we had moved back, I about I think that I started buying collections for about a solid year uh, before I really got serious about opening a shop. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, the garage was just filled with boxes and boxes record because mm-hmm. I would go out and just buy wholesale as much as I could. And I was putting ads on Craigslist and uh, Facebook Marketplace saying, hey, I'll come and buy your records. Whatever you have, I'll come and buy them. And I would go out and look through them real fast. And I'd say, I'll give you, you know, this much money from them. They'd say, okay. Or they'd say, no, I want this much. And we'd negotiate. And I'd bring them home. I'd flip through them and find the ones that were trash. And I'd just toss them. I mean, and then I started building like a lot. And before you know it, I have like seven or eight thousand records in my garage and my wife's like are we seriously gonna open a record shop because if we're not <laughs> we got a lot of stuff here that needs to you need to do something with it now nah. what what is your current inventory at the shop of vinyl records right now the you know 33 and a thirds whatever i would say that i'm close to uh sleeved for sale ready to go probably somewhere between four and five thousand yeah would say. that would that that sounds about right. Just thinking about how many rows you got in there. Well, and then you just I just added I just built two new uh two new record bins over That's the That's my weekend, next question. So. How much room do you have to do how much more could you add well, now comfortably? I'm, now I'm scared because I thought that building these bins was gonna pull but me and Joe were just having this conversation. I thought that building these bins was gonna pull back how overstuffed my existing bins were. I was gonna they, be Back Paul, to like fifty percent capacity. Paul, they're so stuffed that when you're when you're like digging and thumbing through, you literally only have like this much space. Yeah, and, it, all, uh, and yeah. almost all every row, it's like you you have like three inches to where you can kind of look down and see. You know, like, yeah. The thing that I've learned is that there's really a sweet spot that proprietors need to provide their customers with, <laughs> so that they can comfortably flip through the records and, and see, see enough. Yeah, see what they're looking for if they're looking with only three quarters of an inch or an inch between to, that's not good enough. It's, yeah. it's not good. It's not, it makes the, the whole, the whole process very unenjoyable. And so, and, and kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. when I first got back into collecting, cause I never, when I, I didn't really, I wouldn't say that I collected vinyl 20 years ago, 18 years ago. I had, 
I think I had at my peak, I might have had 300 records. That's a, that's that's, a collection. That's a decent collection. Mm-hmm. It was almost, almost all of it was stuff that I would listen to. It wasn't junk. It was stuff that I went out of my way to buy. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know. I mean, getting back into it, I was get, uh, before this is this, you know a year or so before you uh, before you opened up, you know, going to record stores like you go to some of the big ones, some of the bigger ones like in Vegas or in Phoenix or right. or like, God, I went to one in uh, Encinitas, uh, California with with uh, Mike Hinman, and it was overwhelming because the place was about the size it was about the size of like half a Safeway, and it was right. all records. There was nothing. They didn't Holy sell any other crap. kind of media. No T-shirts. No fucking stickers. No nothing. Vinyl. And it was vinyl everywhere. Right. And it was just like it was too much. We spent three hours in that place because Mike is a crate digger, and I don't have the attention span for that. Right. Mike is Mike's like, a warhorse man. He, he is. He's he really the season is. vet as far as uh, as far as collecting goes. And, and uh, that's why he's got such a tremendous collection right, too exactly. of cool shit. Yeah. Is because he's willing to go in and put in the work and really, yeah, and really dig hard and dig deep and, and find those gems and and you know much respect. Uh, I've always loved digging like that also. Um, and now what's cool about owning the shop is I get to go out and do that, and it really satisfies my Jones to right to find the gems and I get to provide other people with them, which really is is really a kind of a twofold satisfaction thing for me. It's also a fun thing, too. People come in there, and usually no one's going to be pissed off. You're flipping through records. It brings back memories. Oh, it's, God, yes. It's it got to be a fun experience normally on a day-to-day basis. And I remember when CDs first came out, it was it was cool because, wow, you can these are smaller and all this data, i.e. songs on there, and then the players in your cars, and that was really neat. But then pretty quickly it's like this fun is gone because like you can't, you can't go home and read the words and, oh, there's right. a cool big poster that comes with this. and. There's you know, something that, that went away, right? There's something there's something not as enjoyable as I like. I love the fact that I have Spotify and I can basically find any song. Mm-hmm. If it's not on Spotify, I can find it elsewhere on the internet. Any song ever recorded in the history of humankind, for the most part, has been digitized. But that's not nearly as enjoyable as pulling a record out of a sleeve, looking at it, or cool shit like um, uh, that. I think it was Zeppelin. It was Zeppelin Four that you sold me. Pete, that I opened it up and it says, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It was like two sons. I hope you love this as much as I do. Did it a love Sue. And that's my mom's name. So I took oh, a picture. I, pi- I remember, remember that. I took a picture of it. I sent it to my mom and I was like, who's this guy? And she's like, I'm not going to tell. She thought that was because she's a huge Zeppelin fan. Right. And I was like, who's this guy, mom? And she's like, I'm not, not going to tell. And then she called me later on. She goes, what was that all about? And I'm like, I bought that record and it had that in there. Somebody hand wrote that in there. I love shit like that because. We've also talked about that's why now after you told me you like leaving the receipts in there because it takes you back to a time and place when you bought it. Or if someone else has left receipts in there, you wonder like when you told me this, it was a receipt from 25, 30 years ago. That's great. From some record store that might not be open anymore in bumfuck nowhere. And that's a cool little tidbit and it makes you kind of wonder what was this person like did they conceive children to this record where that like like what was their deal who bought you know who bought this copy of marvin Gaye? what's going on in 1974 Mm -hmm. from phil's records on 52nd street in east pittsburgh i mean that's like an amazing thing it is yeah you think about the history that goes along with that like what this story tells uh it, it it's really that's part of the nostalgia but what you were talking about with taking that picture and sending it to your mom, that's the best part of, of what I do is uh, I provide people with a generation gap, an invaluable one, because I have 
fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, mothers and daughters coming in and they're, and they're you know, fanboying and fangirling about the same record. And it's like they're both in love with Fleetwood Mac rumors or they're both in love with Madonna, you know, Papa Don't Preach. And they're just like, oh, my God, look at this. This is so awesome. And, and to see that, to see a common bond uh, form over something that I'm providing with people is really the most job satisfying. Oh, I'm if, sure. If someone comes in there and it, and it sees a song or an album, it's not super rare, but it's for sale, and they're going to be there for a while, could they come to you and go, hey, you know what, could you play this while I'm looking? Sure. It, you'll, you'll do that. Oh, yeah. So they'll listen. You can listen. They can listen yeah. to their songs while they're flipping through more you records bet. and that kind you of thing. That's great. It's funny what you mentioned about the pan-generational thing is, do you remember when Portia and I came in there? It you would do. have been, I think, two Christmases ago. I think it was Christmas around there. And she bought CDs. She bought a No Doubt CD and she bought a Coldplay CD. And I was like, you're buying CDs? She's like, yeah, my car has a CD player. And I'm like, oh, because my truck has, I haven't had a CD player in my truck in three years. Right. Like, because I don't need, I don't, I don't have a bunch of CDs anymore. I, I mean, I have a booklet of CDs that I'll pull out every once in a while. But like, it, again, it, to me, CDs now, to, to me, now that I can stream everything and almost everything I have on CD, actually everything now has been ripped digitally and is in my Spotify account. So even like one off shit, like, um, uh, like the, the, like it just, the, um, small record labels, like vagrant records, all right, of the, like all right. those guys that would put out their compilations every six months of punk rock and ska, ska shit. Those I, you can't find them on, 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 punk, on streaming. All those oh, the and, punk yeah, like all it was the a fat records ones from right. the 90s. You know, when, survival of the Fattest. Yeah, Survival of uh, Fat Music for Fat People, yep. like all those Love classics, all those, right? Man, They're yeah. all fucking fantastic. But like, I have all those ripped now, but I have a booklet that I'll pull out and every once in a while, I'm like, no, that's cool. Okay, let's make sure. I'm like, what was that one song by that one band I listened to in 1999, right as I was getting ready to graduate? I was like, oh, it was uh, fucking... By these guys, the Blue Meanies did this song, and I'm like, the okay, right? You like how I fucking <laughs> pulled that one out of my ass, didn't Name I? Dropper, right? Yeah, damn. right. It was like, oh, let me everyone knows you're underground, like a, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Meanies. There, it was. It, oh, the the big one was the basketball soundtrack. The basketball baseball soundtrack had some incredible fucking tracks on it, right? Yeah, but, no, there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of great soundtracks from that era that and were just like amazing. That's something that Mike Hinman told me is like, if you do ever want to get into playing music publicly for people soundtracks are one of the best things you can ever have because they have such a a strong mix of things you don't have to buy 15 records to get these 15 songs you get one that's why i love like the uh, uh i was listening to the big chill soundtrack well, we which, that before pete came into right, yeah. right I was, I, it's been on my one it's of the on, greatest soundtracks ever it really is and it's yeah. like and it's it 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 takes me to a great place i love all of those songs on there and i took a picture of it on the it was on the turntable with the with the uh, 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 the album cover sitting up, and I took a picture of it, sent it to my mom, and I was like, "Best soundtrack ever?" Question mark, and she goes, "Absolutely not. Dirty Dancing is way better." Oh Jesus! You know like, what's funny, oh. man? Is, I have both. You so. know what's funny is you said that. Is I was gonna say soundtracks are are huge, and uh, the number one by far is Dirty Dancing. It, it's uh, it's and, incredible. And it's a it's a good soundtrack. It's got it's just got everything that a soundtrack is supposed to have. It's got love songs. It's got you know, dance floor packers. It's got all of that. It's got some 60 soul. It's got some, some really, uh, it's got a cover, a redo of a 60 song. It's, it's really just, it encompasses everything that a soundtrack's supposed to be. You're never going to get bored of it. You put it on, you're not going to get bored of this. Uh, if you just listen yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's good. It's, I don't know. It's just good. A good soundtrack is just good jam music. Always like it, no matter what there's, there's a soundtrack for every mood. Uh, I don't know, man, Forrest Gump soundtrack is kind of, 
I feel like it's it doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't. It doesn't because that's it, I had that double CD and it, listened to the shit out of it absolutely. all the time. And here's the reason why is because it's not old enough yet. Oh uh, yeah. So so here's what you get, and it's it goes back to what you were talking about about you know spanning those those generational gaps is uh once something becomes nostalgic is really when you remember your parents doing it. So now we're seeing all of these kids that are, you know, your daughter's age and younger, uh, starting to collect CDs and cassette tapes. And that's because that's what they remember. Right. Mom popping in the, the player in their car. Oh, it was a CD. Oh my gosh. This reminds me of mom. this poison CD. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like these, which is why Portia got their old kids. That's why she bought the Coldplay album. Like yeah. the, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, uh clocks. Is that the name of the album? It was Clocks? It had remember. Clocks on it. I can't remember. I feel like that's the name of the... We'll go with that. Anyway, we called Clocks. So she bought that and No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom, which are two CDs that I used to listen to yeah. all the time that's with her, her cruising music, around. That's your music. Right. But it's her music because she remembers exactly. you because of it. Yeah. Just like you come and you bought my f- funk, Confunction my, from me or the right, Crusaders the or... Phaso or... Phaso, okay. yeah. <coughs> Because or, that reminds you of your mom. Yeah. You know. And my dad. My dad's yeah. a big funk. Uh, like, my dad is the one who got me. I thought everybody's dad listened to Tower of Power. No. <laughs> Not unless you're fucking black and right. in that's, San Francisco very, in the 70s. Like, that's a yeah. like Tower of Power only had one radio hit, and it wasn't. I looked it up. That uh, uh, What is Hip is one of them. And, uh, that's the only one I can remember. That's the only one I can think of. And that one even wasn't that big of a hit, right? No, it that's was, it. Like, and yeah. so like, and it was so, pretty regional too. Exactly. I mean, no, that's like, let's let's be honest. That I mean, that was, you know, black music made for black people, it's right? Like, so that a white boy from Ohio Which found is, that, you know, and was really that deep into it. That's that says a lot for for somebody expanding their mind and. You know, especially at a different time in our country. Right? Absolutely. So well, and, and a lot of it had to do with like being so close to Dayton, Dayton and Cincinnati. You know, Bootsy, yeah. Bootsy's from, from Cincinnati. Bootsy's yeah, from, sure. He's actually from for Dayton sure. and grew up in Cincinnati. But like all, you have. Uh, That's where like all, the Funk all, Hall of Fame is. The right? Funk Hall of Fame is in downtown Dayton. Yeah, absolutely. And then they have the, the picture. Remember the picture of the murals I showed you? No, I know you sent me the, that the picture. Fu- You're like, man. look at man. Phaso. It's like literally, all these like, album so covers. Cool. I showed you those, Paul. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like the railroad. It's like a it's not a trestle. It's like a built up mound. Yeah, where there's railroad running through town. They didn't want it at grade. They wanted it above everything else. And then they, there's these concrete supports on them that are kind of arches, and mm-hmm. there's just like bare concrete. So somebody painted these murals, and it's that's probably there's probably twenty of them, twenty five well of them. Done, if I recall, very well done. Yeah, yeah, no, they're amazing. And and they're all these like classic, like uh, Ohio players, honey, like yeah. all, all these different these cl- classic. Uh, um, uh, album covers, uh, funk like you know, funk album covers from Dayton, because and all those bands are from Dayton. And I didn't even know that until I knew the Ohio Players were from there because my dad told me that they were kind of like the party bands, and he would go and, like it's like twenty miles away from where my dad lived, right? And he was like not in college, but out of high school and going to partying with his friends. Went to University of Dayton, and the Ohio Players, all those guys used to play at house parties. That's so neat. How crazy is that? And I'm like, that's where white boy from the cornfields of Ohio learned about that shit. Yep. And yeah, you're talking about uh, the music that you're that remind you of your parents, that kind of stuff. And the connection that there is, I own the, uh, I don't know what year that came out, but I own my parents, original Sergeant peppers. Oh, that's I, cool. I, I still have it here. I don't know if we listen to it or not. I don't recall my no. house, but I, I'll, I'll find it and we'll go through But it, here's what's funny. When I listen to, I haven't listened to it in a while, but 
I remember, you know, it's got scratches on there and pops and stuff. You still remember exactly where those are. You bet. And you, you, this can be decades ago. And go, oh, here comes this pop. And I remember it in this one little little flaw in the yep. music and all that stuff just starts coming back and the memories flood back. I remember laying in this with this big, huge piece of furniture. We talked about this as, I don't know, the big record player that's uh, eight feet long and there's, it, it, you know, it's wood console and the, it's down inside, you know, and the speakers on the end of it. I don't know what these things were called. It's consoles. a console stereo, right? Yeah, yeah. console yeah. stereo. Yeah. They were just laying down there on my back with, with uh, you know, two feet away from the side wall and just listening to the Sgt. Peppers as you're 10 years old, five years old. What year did that come out? I don't even remember now. But 68, I, 68 uh, 69? 67. Oh, so, oh, was it 67? Yeah. So first time four years old laying down with that piece of, when it was brand new, and I, st- I have that album. Right? Yeah, and you still remember album. all the little subtle nuances oh, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 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 amazing memories and stuff like. That. Is it? How long has your store been open? Uh, about a year and a half. That's it. God, it's it seems six, like it's sixteen months. Wow. No. Well, you got good timing with the COVID. Thing. Oh, it was awesome. Fuck. It was awesome. I mean, if there's a testament to resilience, it's surviving twenty twenty. Dude, yeah, no all shit. of us were talking about this. We're like, holy shit, he just opened up. Is he gonna make it? How's this gonna work? Because we wanted it to make it, obviously, and you have, right. and you've. But you sold, I guess, online a lot too during that time period. Yeah, it's it's a uh, adapt or die, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. And you know, uh, luckily for me, uh, I lived in Vegas before I moved back to Kingman. I lived in Vegas for six or seven years, and while I was there, I actually befriended a record store owner there, and he ended up, you know, he's become one of my best friends. And I used to work at his shop on on weekends just so I could get free records, you know, you'd be like, well, you come in and clean records and do all the shitty stuff I don't want to right. do. Uh, you know, I'll hook you up with some free stuff, some store credit. I said, oh, oh awesome. So I did that for almost like a year uh, working for him. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm moving back to Kingman. And he's like, really, what are you going to do? And I said, I think I'm going to open a record store. He's like, get out of here. Really? I said, yeah, man. I said, it's awesome. I love collecting and I love the idea of owning my own business. You know, it's, it's really really uh there's just there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from it that's it's undescribable how neat it is to be able to provide people with the passion that i have uh you know and get them into it it's, well and you're also providing good conversation when people come in i think people like just like oh god here goes pete on a tangent like, i fucking I'm love it constantly <laughs> rambling in there about stupid shit pete, and, like, i i i people I, want that i absolutely love coming to your store to talk to you and just to see who comes in to the point where i will budget out an hour and a half to two hours i'll be like look here's a two-hour block i don't have anything to do i'm not rushed i appreciate i'm gonna that. go hang out with pete Right. Like I had, and that, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't come in there after I got back from Hawaii is because I kind of got screwed on shifts. So like I just did, I was I working like a dog for two months, two and right. a half months. That's why, and it, it because I I'm like man, I don't want to go in there for 15 minutes and be like, all right, later, Pete. I mean, he's he's my homie. I want to hang out with him and talk to him, talk about music and talk about this, talk about life and being dad and what whatever, like all that. But I don't have. <laughs> I hate to say that I just didn't have the time to devote to it and. I feel like that is should be a little bit of respect. Like you understand, you understand absolutely, what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I okay. mean, I mean, life, life is life, man. It's busy. Where we live in busy, busy times. Where and we're I'm all trying out there to relax run, run, more. Run. Yeah. yeah. Are Are you finding that? Uh, I thought you were open. It just feels like you were open longer than that. But are you finding that younger and younger kids are coming in and oh, going you, through this stuff? You can see it. Yeah, you bet. Okay. It's, it's really cool to see uh, parents. Parents come in and I think they're bringing their kids are tagging along and then their parents are standing there 
texting on their phone or kind of just standing there waiting and their kids are over there digging through the bins and then they'll pull one up and look at it and it's like mom what's this oh that's led zeppelin 3 that's a cool album you know and that again here we go back See, that's to like, great because they were missing all, yeah. this, all this digital music and yes. holding this thing in your hand and these cool photographs they spent a lot of freaking money yeah with all that artwork and in concert images and all this shit especially zeppelin see. 3 because it's got the little tourney yeah, deal in it the, it's, yeah, it's exactly. funny that you just i was just because i have that and i was like oh it's, it's in so really cool good shape. yeah all that stuff is neat and it's something that's been lost uh for the sake of convenience and and that's really what's happened to music uh over the last 40 or so years it's like the introduction of you know cds uh, in the 70s, the late 70s, and it's like, oh, well, it's more convenient. T cassette tapes are more convenient. It's easier. You put them in your pocket. You can take mm -hmm. them with you as opposed to having a briefcase that you have to haul around. That's uh, only that's only a portion, a small portion yeah, of your collection. Yeah. And then yeah. it was like, oh, well, CDs are more convenient. They they sound better. They're this, they're that. You know, it's easier to, to clean them and maintain them. They're higher quality sound than tape. Um and that was great. And we're like, oh, that was great. And then, yeah. and then the birth of MP3, right? And we were like, holy crap. Now you don't even need to take anything except this little device. And then it became your phone and then all of these conveniences. And then yeah. what happened is that all came full circle and people started remembering the nostalgia came back. Yeah, everything like, old is cool again. We don't, well, we don't have anything cool. We don't have anything cool that that we can show to people to say, hey, this is part of us. This is who I am. Check this out. Nobody wants to hand somebody their phone and say, look through my playlist. This is who I am. Come over to my house and dig through my fucking records and it, find that Black Flag record that I'll tell you countless stories of all the things that I did while listening to that record when I was 13 <laughs> or 14 absolutely. years old. Absolutely, yeah. You know, those are the things that are lost with, with the conveniences. We lost the nostalgia, and well, now it, that's coming back. And there were some hip kind of locally owned uh, franchise but smaller in the Atlanta area, uh, Peaches Record and Tapes, things like that, uh, and the Turtles that was in the southeast. But anyway, you would go there sometimes on a, with your buddies on a Friday night or Saturday, because they were open late on Friday and Saturday nights. Hell yes. And you go there. One thing you're doing there, because if you're a guy, you're going to look at women that are there. They're gonna The girls are going to be there too, and you're just a place to kind of scope out. You're not just looking for vinyl, but you're also looking like, hey, ladies, have you heard the new Brian Adams record? Like, <laughs> hey, you know, Brian you know what? That's that's <laughs> that's real shit, though. Because yeah, it is. It, it, I agree. I get it. No, I yep. I can tell you, I went on several dates as a teenager where my mom going dropped, to the record store. No, no. Oh, the CD store. Oh, sorry. C yeah. CD yeah. Connection was yeah. the chain that I CD grew up Connect. with. CD yeah. Connection. And um, but they like later on, they started selling like incense and then like. Then they had the beaded curtain into the back room that I'm pretty sure they <laughs> yeah, were selling like, porn and, and fucking bongs and probably shit. Probably bongs and pipes. Yeah, most yeah. likely. My I remember my mom buying me my first blacklight and blacklight poster, and it was sure. a dark side of the moon fuzzy. It was, oh, it's, it was gotta a, love those, the right? velvety looking thing. My you know very I'm first about? one was yeah. the Misfits Crimson Ghost. That oh I bought, yeah, I bought it at a head shop called Trails in Las Vegas, or no, in Phoenix. Yeah, I remember. I've been to Trails, trails. before. Trails. <laughs> remember the yeah, yeah on so, uh, 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 goddamn Indian it. school. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I know, I know the trails. I was just trying to remember what the bumper was. It was like, trails. You'll always find the right path. at trails, like they, like <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> remember that man. fucking. Yeah. On uh, the one hundred three nine, that was yep. it, Edge or X or something like that. It was an independent station. Yep. Only independent yep. station was in Phoenix. X one hundred three nine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, man. Trails. But yeah, I remember going to trails and uh, and uh, buying my, and I had to go in there with my mom and and uh, I was like, oh, I gotta have that Misfits poster, right? 
And uh, it's just a crimson ghost. And I didn't realize that it was black light and fuzzy. I didn't know what that was. And she's like, oh, that's a black light poster. Your mom's what's, all like, like chuckling because she knows yeah, exactly what like, that poster is about. I'm like, about. what's a black yeah. light poster? She's like, well, if you put a black light underneath it, it shines on it and makes it look real 3D and trippy. I'm like, oh, cool. So then she's like, well, let's get the black light also. So it was kind <laughs> that's of That's awesome, thing, man. man. Yeah, it's yeah, like the same sure. situation yeah, with me. Sure. My mom's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Like, you idiot. Okay. What is the most, this is kind of like, this is almost a yuck question, but what is the most valuable piece of vinyl that you acquired and, and like holy crap this is i can't believe i i snagged you know, I've, this i've really been lucky to to find a few real gems uh i found a copy of miles davis's kind of blue that was uh that was a first pressing and it was a promotional record so these were oh. only distributed to uh, DJs mm -hmm. and record companies, and it was a white label. The, so it was the same label that they would put on the mass-produced copies, mm -hmm. but it was black and white instead of being red and black with all the different colors and everything mm -hmm. on it. And it was in so in the world of vinyl collecting, white label promos are just really, really neat because people know they respect how rare they are. Because if you remember that DJs usually beat the shit out of their records. Right. So if something mm -hmm. survived, you're like, this is cool, you know? You happen to get that one that survived from that DJ that cared about his records, you from, know? So from decades It's like ago. getting a set yeah. of, of craftsman tools from a mechanic from the 60s. So. Yeah. Like, the, like normally they would just break and you'd throw them away and get a new one. But if you have one, you find, like I have, I have a, a small socket set from the early to mid 60s from my grandfather, yeah. this craftsman, and, has, and it is well taken care of. Same situation. DJ just use, looks at a piece of vinyl as like a tool. Oh, they're just, yeah. throwing, they're just slapping part, them on. They're moving yeah. on. Yeah, like, so the and they, fact, don't, they don't care. Yeah, the fact that it survived is, is you're like, wow. How so, did you equip? Did you buy that one or did you run so across I, it for cheap? How did that I happen? Bought a, uh, I bought a collection of jazz stuff. I knew that I looked through the jazz stuff and uh, I saw the kind of blue cover in there. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very distinctive distinctive cover yes yeah. and uh i said you know there's some good records in there what do you want from so we came to a price and i brought him and i didn't realize what it was until i until i got home and i actually this was when i <laughs> when i first started buying stuff i actually called the guy i said hey this is a promo album he's like yeah i know i'm like well this is pretty valuable and he's like yeah whatever man just you know good luck to you make some money in your shop I'm like oh okay wow well good on you for contacting him also. right right and, yeah. and i've and i've done that a couple times and uh you know i've had i've actually had a couple people that i've done that to actually tell me hey man don't who cares you know you bought it for that price that's what i agreed to don't call me you know i actually have one guy kind of be a dick and i was just like oh, all right so i've had people i had uh there's a there's a really nice guy he owns a a flood and fire restoration company it's downtown right across the tracks right there and i can't remember uh, the name of it fire rescue no 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 Anyways, uh, anyway, he's a great guy. He came <laughs> by the shop and he said, uh, you want some records? And I said, well, yeah, what do you, what do you have? And he said, I got a bunch of records. I've been pulling them out of these flood damaged houses for years. People don't want them back. And I don't have the heart to throw them away. If you come and get them, you can have them all, but you've got to take everything that's in that corner. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, how many is there? Oh, there's got to be, there's a few hundred in there. I said, okay. I went over there. There's like 8,000 records. <laughs> a few hundred. <laughs> 8,000 records. And then he said, and you got to take all that. And there was about 2,500 eight tracks. 
Holy I'm not joking. Shit. So, I know a girl back in South Carolina that would love to have those eight tracks. Man, it's funny because <laughs> I went through all of those eight tracks and I pulled out about 75 of them that were like classic rock. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all the standards, right? Mm-hmm. There was nothing else in there besides that. The rest of it was just Joan Armand trading and Roberta Flack and just a lot of things that nobody really wants to pay any money for. It's it's all kind of throwaway stuff. And uh, I had them sitting in the shop for like the first two months that I was open. And this guy came in one day. I was getting ready to throw him away. And this guy came in one day and he said, hey, uh, you have any eight tracks? And I said, yeah, I do, actually. I have all those over there. And I said, but I picked out all the good ones. They're all right here. You want to look through them? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take a look at them. So he looked at me and said, oh, I want all these. How much do you want for them? Wow. And I said, so I, we negotiated, came to a price. And then he's like, oh, and then he offered me like $50 less than what the price I wanted was. And I said, okay, here, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you all of those for that price that you want, but you have to take all of those over there and you have to go throw them away in my dumpster in the alley. And he said, deal. And he pulled up his truck and we loaded all of these boxes of eight tracks <laughs> and he took them out. So the next day I go out to throw my trash in the dumpster and my dumpster is three quarters full of eight tracks. Oh my God. Eight track tapes. And I'm like, my God. I mean, it, there was like there was like twenty five hundred or three thousand. Jesus, nuts, it's man. too bad that those aren't more collectible. You know, it, it was just they probably horrible, are to the right person. Format, you know, and and yeah. they are. And there's a lot of people that collect them. I've not do, really do remember, had do you much. Of, the, the woman I told you that I dated in South Carolina, who I that I broke up with in a classic fashion. That that uh, that had the Cadillac that was owned by uh, George Jones. Yes, and, yes, yeah. Who was it, and Loretta Lynn? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That had the original eight track player in there, and she we used to drive around in Columbia, South Carolina, listening to eight tracks in that Cadillac with the top. This sounds <laughs> sounds like a Southern Gothic movie. It, it, like it, it really it, does. It like you just, you just described. <laughs> but I, she would she would love. She would go. Oh, someone's had some eight tracks over. I could just buy all those, and she'd just like to drive around in Columbia, South Carolina, listen to eight tracks in the Cadillac. Did you have to turn? <laughs> like, did eight tracks have two sides to them? No, no, no. It was no single, they played single, played single side. Single side. Yeah. Right. Okay. You have to keep it going. And it was. And it was an eight track there was eight tracks on it and that's it eight songs so if there was more than eight songs on the album you got two eight tracks oh god it was horrible it's, they, they that sounds really like a, the long uh remember the longer movies on vhs mm-hmm. would come in two two tapes do you do you remember the first dvds that came out where you would have to flip the dvd yeah. halfway yep. through yes yes oh, i i forgot about that until just now is, yeah man. the other cool thing about eight tracks is while you're listening to it if you listen to it carefully between songs you can hear slightly the other track another track of a song playing because it's the same it uses the same uh the same tape the same yeah. tape section so you can it's like you know on some of them yeah they, they the tape's some. too transparent oh yeah there's some really weird anomalies with them but yeah, it's so, funny. So, of, so again, between songs, when it's supposed to be quiet or dead quiet, you can hear another, barely another song playing. Yeah. That's not because because the head of the thing is not quite lined up right or something. Or I don't I don't know. You probably know more about the te- yeah. technology of it. I don't. I don't know shit okay. about them, man. I just know that they they suck. <laughs> you know, it's a garbage. <laughs> I, I really despise eight tracks. I mean, to my core. <laughs> man. The only cool thing about those, you could always punch the button and, and then hit different tra- boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you yeah. You could it. definitely punch through them. It was it, it was an interesting kind of format. Quickly. It just wasn't. It was just one of those things that. Yeah, it was odd. Just, uh, just and then if you're, it's hot. You know, they get ruined. Then you have to buy. Them. That's the thing with the none of the eight track players that were in cars worked very well so you talked yeah. to all the old guys that had hot rods and you know in the 70s and i was like i had an eight track player and i had a matchbook that you had to put under yeah. each eight track 
so that it would play so it would right. line up so correctly. Yeah. Line I've heard that talk before. Yeah, okay, like the, yeah. The head sag or the tape sags or some stupid shit. I don't know. It just seemed like a real big pain in the I, ass. I have a technical question about vinyl. If you've got a vinyl record that you really like and it's it's kind of badly warped, is there any kind of reasonable technique to unwarp it or not? Really, <laughs> there is. What you do is you put it back in its sleeve mm-hmm. and you put it on the shelf and then you go buy another copy of it and listen to that. <laughs> Or spoken in, like a guy that owns a record store. In the case of someone uh, who has purchased a uh, warped record that didn't, I didn't look at it before I purchased it. Mm-hmm. I get home and I play Sergeant Pepper and it, and it just skipped, skipped, it jumped, it like jumped a, like a ramp. It just, yes, mm. and so I went back. I was like, "Hey, Pete, man, is there any way I can uh, kind of fix this? It's got this little. You pulled it out." You looked at it and you're like, ah. I was like, is there any way I can fix it? Like, I just kind of looked away from like I got distracted by a car going by, and it's like, any way we can like can heat it up with a heat gun or something like that? And all of a sudden, I hear boom, and he just threw it across the goddamn record store. <laughs> the frisbee, and it's he goes, frisbee. "Here's how we fix it. You go over there and grab another copy. I'll sell it to you for whatever." Because it was a, I bought like the not expensive version of it because mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for a collector's item. I was just right, looking to right. listen to Sergeant Peppers. Yeah. And you know, I go over there and pay me the difference, and we'll call it good. And I'm like, that's an honorable fucking shopkeeper right there. And so the uh, answer is and no. There really there is, is no way. way. There's no way to really there's say no way. it. I, you know, yeah. there's a lot of places that uh, I claim. So let me say this: <laughs> there are products out there that are made that are designed to combat warped records. Scratches mm-hmm. are scratches. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are these plates that you can press the record in between. You have to heat them up to just the right degree for just the right amount of time, and that's going to vary with the thickness of the vinyl, the age of the vinyl. Some so violin is uh, more. It's very art and risky, and it's art. Arty, yeah, arty exactly. And, risky. and okay. so it it usually ends up turning out with very very poor results. Okay. And mm-hmm. if you had a valuable record, it's something that I would say no, you don't want to put that first pressing of sergeant pepper or whatever right. you hold dear to your heart you know i'm not gonna put the miles davis promo <laughs> in the oven <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> because it's got a little warp i'm just gonna live with the warp does does your warp record play through it does i'm surprised it does but yeah. it's just weird watching i'm yeah I can't this yeah is so so here's yeah. the thing about vintage vinyl and this is what i tell people um as a shopkeeper we try and avoid selling warped records at all time and if there is a warp in a record and it's something that's very wanted and rare and people want it, then I'll just disclose that and say, hey, this, I'll write it on the label usually. Hey, slightly warped, you know, but this is rare. And people that are collectors that are looking for a fill copy will usually see that. And if it's something that plays through, then they're willing to buy it. So um, long-term storage, the best way is obviously is a cool, dry place, I suppose, storing it vertically so there's no load against the exactly. records that's, some some way. Long-term. Yeah, I mean, and that's the classic thing. And most of those records that are slightly warped that still play through mm-hmm. are just because they've been leaning in a milk crate with 20 other records on top of them, and mm-hmm. they just have that little stress bend, you mm-hmm. know? So a stress bend, a warp like that that plays through, it doesn't distort the sound. That's that's doable. You so know? if you can avoid, but in a store, people are flipping through a lot, so they, they kind of get stored, leaning a little bit in a place yeah, like yours. Yep. But but they're they're you're active, you're pulling them out. Things right, are getting right. they're not sitting there for years that way. Yes, correct. Okay, but uh, all right. So store your radic- records vertically, if you can, no load. That's a piece of advice. Don't clean them with sandpaper. Don't I learned that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna. Man, these records are not very shiny. Did you actually do that? No. Oh. God, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, I grew up. What, you, what? 
I don't know. I thought maybe you actually, as a child, you thought I'm going to fix this. No, I, I, I had, I bought initially when I first got back into collecting a couple years ago. I bought uh, these foam blocks that are covered in microfiber. Okay. So they're real soft mm-hmm. foam block. They look like a sanding block. Funny, mm-hmm. but they're covered in uh, microfiber. So I use those to like to, the, to clean this, things. This like, yeah, like one of, like it. one of those okay. microfiber cloths. Got it. And so, I I use the ninety six percent alcohol. Yep. So one of the things that one of the things that we're constantly trying to combat in the desert isn't just dust on our records, but is static electricity. Of course. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people is those little foam blocks that are covered in microfiber, or, you know, disc washers is the generic term for them. Yeah. Disc washers are a great thing, but you you should have two of them, and one I of do. them one of them should be to pull dust, and then one of them should be something that you can wet down just slightly. Um, with something that dries very quickly, like an alcohol mixture, um, because that's going to eradicate all of that static electricity off of the records. So. Is, that, is that one of the safest uh, solvents, if you were, is alcohol? Is, uh, uh, yeah, so I do... Uh, I- isopropyl? Of, yeah, all, okay. of my, all of my records are cleaned with a mixture of isopropyl alcohol and distilled water. Okay. So it's just something safe that's... Is there a ratio you're going to... There is, uh, but uh, it's a secret, man. Uh, okay, no, gotcha. I'm just kidding. It's a, <laughs> a five-to-one mix of... of uh, of ninety-one percent isopropyl alcohol. It's mostly alcohol water. then. Yeah. No, it's mostly water. Mostly water. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so, I should change that up because I'm just 20, using straight alcohol. No, don't do that. Twenty twenty percent twenty percent alcohol, eighty uh, percent water, and then usually what you want to do is you want to use some sort of wetting agent. My preference is a product that Kodak makes, which is called PhotoFlow, uh, and that was just so that wet spots wouldn't dry on photos when they were developed. Okay. Uh, and so you can add just a couple drops of that. If you don't want to get photo flow because it's like 20 bucks for a little tiny bottle, um, Dawn dish detergent, you can, you can add that to like a 32, a 32 ounce spray bottle. You do 20% alcohol, 80% water, and then literally one tiny drop of Dawn dish detergent. Like it shouldn't even foam up when you shake it. Right. Um, and you can use that and all that wetting agent is going to do is help the water beat up so that you can wipe it off. What is that called? There's a term for that in soap. Oily duck cleaner. No, no, no. There's a, there's a (laughs) asshole. There is a term for (laughs) it. No, there is a term for it. And I can't think of what it's called. It'll, it'll come to me because I was just talking about the science of soap with Jessica deal from Savon. Gotcha. She was, she was, she she was talking about, she, that woman cracks me up because she like, she, she's like, uh, she's one of those people you're like, talk to her for like 30 seconds. You're like. Yeah, we get it. You have a soap store. You smell good. And then like five minutes later, you're like, I now know a saponification process from beginning to end and how old that process is. And I'm like, it's been around I feel like I'm watching a scene from Fight Club because I'm right. pretty sure I don't think she's ever seen Fight Club. But when she talks to me about it, I'm like, are you making your soap from the fat asses of the women in this town? Like <laughs> like they did in Fight Club. Are you going to blow up a building but anyway? But yeah, there's something there. there there's a term for that for adding that little tiny bit of soap in there i just call it a wedding what, agent. yeah it's a wedding agent that that yeah, yeah. what if I, she really likes whales because she's making soap out of them that's oh, that dude be... she had whale blubber soap i would not i would not shop there i know uh, yeah. i mean i i I, just, I know she loves whales. good for you for bringing it back but no um <laughs> yikes do you have a whale bone you do have a whale bone you like to show ladies your whale bone i certainly you do. should show pete your whale bone i might anyway <laughs> Hey, let's. Uh, how about we take the, a break? I think we have. It's a, we, that was a good, uh, very informative. Yes, 
Very much so, and we'll be All back right. and talk Paige more. Paige Mill from from uh, from uh, do we say Harmio? It's Harmio. 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 I, I did the Pete. I did the whole Anglo-Saxon pronunciation. It's okay. Stop being so waspy. I know. I've uh, I've I've been teaching people how to pronounce my name for my whole life. It's it's really just it's. I, I don't even think about it. And people are like Jaramillo. I'm like yeah. Sure. From, I don't even argue anymore. Like but I've been called to, worse by better people. That's fine. J J A R A M I L L O, right? So it's yeah, got a J male. that's an H, and it's got two L's that are so Y. So y, yeah. I try and tell people jalapeno and tortilla, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to. Right. So that, <laughs> oh my god. That's so some white people that like Mexican restaurants can kind right, of. Right. You got it. You got it. Every white guy can say jalapeno, and every white guy can say tortilla. They don't say jalapeno and tortilla. Oh, but they sure shit. Some yeah. of them do, but a majority of them don't. That's right? true. So if I can, if I can, uh, if I can get that little light to flash on in their little in their brain when they're thinking about my name, then you know that's if from you can, <laughs> Shady Grove Records, downtown Kingman, Arizona. I need to get that in. I'm trying to trying to push, trying to push the, the promo. Yeah. Yes. That's why he's here. All right, we'll be right back.
Every night when I go home, wife, I try to please her. The more I try, the worse she gets. Damn if I don't leave her. Shady Grove, my little love, Shady Grove, I know. Shady Grove, my little love, I'm bound for Shady Grove. From Shady Grove, right? The one, the only. (laughs) (laughs) Not only did you fuck up his last name completely, but you mispronounced Jalisco, which is even even fucking better. (laughs) Right? Because no one's last name is Jalisco. That's a state in Mexico. It's a state. I'm making shit up. You might as well call him a cartel. That's all that that is, man. You should have just called him fucking Jose Guadalajara. Hara. Right? Should have just said he stole my job. Yeah. Oh, it's like machismo salami. Machismo salami. There you go. Your, yeah, your fucking ancestors came here in the 1500s to steal my job. That's right. That's from right. my ancestors that came here in the late 1800s. You wanted to work at the hospital and get underpaid and underappreciated. That's right. Just so kidding. Just you, kidding, Joe. Sorry. You work in uh, uh, housekeeping, right? In That's the hospital. Right. That's He's right. like, and landscaping. Right. Don't forget landscaping. Hey, hey. It's, it's no call housekeeping. It's okay. It's environmental <laughs> services, my friend. Chuken do, chuken do. I bring the best cleaners back see, from Tijuana. See? <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so glad I can make good carnitas oh, because I, that's how I can get away with right, that shit. Right, that, that's the only way that you can That's get the away white with. guy, like the woke white guy, like my version of saying, uh, like, oh, no, I'm not racist. I got black friends. Right. <laughs> they work on my cars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have my... I have my black friends pick cotton with me, so... I can't fucking believe that you did that. <laughs> there you go. He did this for a photo op that <laughs> fell flat. It was a funny-ass joke that fell flat. It was, it was a South white... Carolina, there was this cotton picking season and i have a buddy of mine who's black working at an airport and i pull up there and you know and, and they'd already the machines already gone through but there's still a bunch of cotton left that's right out there in the fields and i went that's really cool i mean it's just like there it's growing this white fuzzy shit that's pure out there it's kind of sorry white fuzzy pure i, I don't know where i went with that joe it sounds like it sounds like you yeah so <laughs> so i went in there and, and and we're at the in the hangar working on this airplane and i went hey freddie what are you doing for lunch man he goes i don't know i'm probably gonna Probably go to town, get a subway or something. I said, let's go pick some cotton. <laughs> this black friend. It's been, his family's been there forever. I was going to say, and, and Freddie is highly intelligent, yes, accomplished. Yes. But I hope he dropped straight hood. He's like, what the fuck did you he say, kinda, motherfucker? He stopped whatever he was doing. And <laughs> right? over I fucking hope he did. He just looked over at me. Chin check, bitch. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go pick cotton? I went, yeah. I haven't done it. Have you? And he goes, no. I went, well, there's some right down the road by the church. And we can just go there and go. I've never done this. Let's go pick some cotton. And he goes, all right. 
So we did. But this you, is pre-cancel culture, of course. I mean, it's like Paul and Paula Dean had the same. Had exactly. But that but bitch the, got canceled. You have to talk about the fact, the reason why you did it, though. Because we were going to have this uh, this white, um, of course, it's got to be white. White, uh, not white elephant. Yeah, white, it's a white elephant exchange. White elephant exchange. Like a gift Christmas, exchange for yeah. Christmas at Blackbridge. Caucasian right. elephant. Yeah, exactly. Caucasian pachyderm. Pachyderm, yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, I went, okay, so I thought this would be really cool. I can have a black friend of mine pick cotton. I'll get pictures of him doing it, and I'm going to bring this cotton back, and I'm going to make this little presentation, and that'll be kind of the, that'll be the fun thing. And uh, so I, I took these black and white pictures or sepia, made them look like, you know, and it was in front of an old Baptist church where this small cotton field, it looked like it could have been pulled out of the 1800s. Except for the fact that he, I think he had a, you could see his watch a little bit. On one right. Of, one of he had shirt. like a FUBU shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> That's racist. Is it? That's racist. For us bias, bitch. I know what FUBU stands for. I'm a little more hood than you think I am. I know. I know. So I, I blew up a picture, you know, printed. <laughs> I don't know, and, man. And you know this because I just told you. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I take you word for it. Sorry, Paul. So no. I made this cot- cotton in a kind of a kind of a clear. It was like a, like a clear cone, it, like a it, conical shape. It looked like what you like would put flowers, hat. like you would give someone a bouquet of flowers, the plastic around that, but stuffed it was with plastic, full of, full of cotton, and 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 then an eight by ten photograph, black and white, of my friend, black friend picking cotton. So the gift was, I had brought cotton from South Carolina picked by a black man in front of a Baptist church. <laughs> About half the people at that Christmas party got the joke. Right. Thought it was hilarious. The other thought half, it was kind of cool. They're like, everybody's feeling the cotton. This is really this, this is, is actual, actually cotton this is actual cotton in South Carolina from South Carolina. And the Middle other South. half, the people did not. I want to go back to the, white elephant. Like, I think we should oh, rename God, that something more American. <laughs> it should be. We should call it like <clears throat> honky buffalo. Right. A honky buffalo. Yeah. It's not that, a white. That, ele- that, it's not a white elephant gift exchange. It's a honky buffalo. But they're African exchange. elephants. I feel like you're. Well, appro- that's what I'm saying. That's why we're changing it to to buffalo instead of because it's American. Okay. It's okay. American. Yeah. All right. All right. So, All right. I get yeah. albino buffalo. But then the Native Americans gonna get upset because that's a sacred thing. That's a sacred right. creature. Oh, white that's buffalo. true. Yeah. Actually, so, bison in, in, in reality. Well, we just called a gift exchange. But then people that are poor will cancel us, like because they don't. We don't get gifts. Right. That's true. So I was just trying to think of a name that encompasses. Like so that nobody's left out. White and American and something. And elephants. And elephants, but not <laughs> elephants. You call it, like. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an. I I thought honky buffalo was funny. A honky buffalo is perfect. It's kind of. I like it. Yeah. Call it. It reminds me of like a like a, how, like the re- renaming of certain things. I just I still I still love honky bucket for Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Because crackers oh, yeah. and cracker. Yeah. That's a little. That's a little fucking on the nose. Don't call me a cracker. People come, but honky, from, I'm okay with because I'm kind of a honky. You guys are probably aware of this. People drive from Las Whitey. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, white. People don't drive from Las Vegas anymore. They have cracker off, barrels they, there now. They do have. Oh, them they do. Yeah. For a long time, Pete, they I had to a, drive down. Here, I had a group yeah. of regulars on Saturday. There was like a group of like tw- mid twenties to mid thirties that would come down. Uh, they had, they ever each person there's probably ten or twelve of them would kind of caravan down from Vegas. They would stop in right as I opened at eleven a.m. at, at Blackridge. Each person had two growlers, and they gave me like 15, 18 growlers to fill, each with like handwritten note of what to fill it with. And they're like, hey, we'll be back in a few hours. We're going to Cracker Barrel. And I'm like, the fuck? They would come down here to Cracker Barrel. Like, I would drive to, I wouldn't drive all the way to Phoenix for Waffle House, but when I go to Phoenix, I eat a Waffle right, House. Right, right. So, like, it was like a foodie tourist attraction was Cracker Barrel. 
That's funny. And I'm like, they didn't have them up there. They yeah. didn't have them, but I get it. I mean, it's the sure. same reason we go up to Vegas for certain shopping needs. You know, like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was some funny shit. But yeah, honky bucket. It's funny that you said cracker, or I mean that you said Waffle House. Mm-hmm. What's the, uh, what's the name of the dad on the Goldbergs? You know who on I'm the, talking the about? The Goldbergs. That show, The Goldbergs. Do you know that show? No, I don't think you so. Don't? Oh, no. it's a funny. It's a funny show about like it's an '80s spoof sitcom. But the dad, he's a uh, he's famous. Hold on for a second. Now I'm going to have to Google it while I'm trying to tell you the story. That's all right. But he had a great stand-up comedy uh, special a few years ago, and he was t- he was talking about sitting next to a sitting next to a black guy on a plane, and the first thing that the black guy tell asks him is uh, he says uh, his name's Jeff Garland. He's the, oh yeah, I know Jeff Garland. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Garland. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, famous. Yeah. He's really yeah. funny. He's a funny guy. Hell, he's hell a yeah. big dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But and uh, he plays the part on the show just to the T, just like that screaming, ah, you know, guy. And uh, but he was talking. He was in his stand-up skit. He was talking about uh, sitting next to this black guy on a plane. They were going back to like St. Louis or something. And the first thing the guy leans over, he says, "You ever had any Waffle House pussy?" <laughs> <laughs> Waffle. And I said, and he said, no, I haven't. And so, like, this whole skit just proceeds to just snowball to this just ridiculous story, man. And it's just, it's crazy. But there you go. That's I a, love Waffle House. I think speaking of Waffle House, the, it was when uh, what was the uh, due date? You know, they, they stop at a Waffle House to eat. You know, the movie with uh, you love this. Fucking, oh, and he's allergic to waffles. Yes, he's allergic to waffles. <laughs> and and he, you know, of course, Zach Galifianakis is. And he goes, "Why do we stop at a Waffle House then?" Yeah, he says. I can't remember what his answer was because typical. I can't. Jesus, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> I, you know, that was filmed around here. Part of it was, did you know that? And they I la- didn't. They landed here. It was uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis and um, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. landed in Kingman Airport and filmed. If you look at that, there's a, when they're driving before they get to the Grand Canyon, you'll see, you'll kind of recognize a little mountain ranges and stuff, but it was filmed part of it. What do you think about Robert, Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, I, I think I, I'm so glad that he survived the 90s. Right? Because I think he's a phenomenal actor and an even better human being. Yeah, I just know. The but the more I learn about him, I, yeah. I just like getting being so fucked up on drugs that he passed out on someone else's couch. And the only thing keeping him from getting shot or beaten to death was the fact that it was Robert fucking Downey Jr. Right. That's like 1995. Like, I remember watching that on the news and I'm like, oh, what kind of weed is he on? Being being the 14 year old that has exactly. no idea about the world. Like, you know, I like him. I think he's great. I think he's one of the he will go down in history as one of the all time greatest actors. I agree. He's a treasure. And he's he's he'll he's, be around for a while now. The thing clean. about him, man, is he's got range, right? I mean, the dude Absolutely. is like genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I yeah, I, I like his movies. And it's just like a, he can play such a freaking prick, man, to like the T. Like he'd just be an asshole. And you're just like, I just I feel like there's a, a big part, a big part of him in real life is kind of that weird science when he was the dick. Yeah, you remember that he was dumping the fucking Slurpee on the yeah. That remember that yeah yep. was a- uh, and then back to school. He plays a real prick in black. Back to yep. school that was one of his first roles. Yeah, yeah. like just your typical kind of new wave gothy kind of guy that was just like a real real prick. And like that that one scene where the uh wow well, fuck what the fuck I uh uh Billy Zabka yeah William Zabka like the the eight, quintessential eighties blonde jock asshole. Is like trying to move in and like trying to fight the like the the, the Ronnie Dangerfield's kid, and he just Robert Downey Jr. just keeps he like the dude walks in closer. He just like he puts his hand on his chest and pushes him back, and he's like, no no no. He's like a full head shorter than this guy, and he just keeps he pushes him forward and shakes his hand. No no no, don't do that. 
and he's like, I'm gonna punch your friend. Like, no, 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 no. And then like, then doesn't he at one point completely totally attack somebody? I he just goes so. full I fucking spider remember, monkey. Man. I think it's yeah. the Oingo Boingo party. Yeah, yeah. I right think where you're they're right. Yeah. You know, Oingo Boingo plays the party. Right. The and, and he just full goes. He just jumps in and just fucking tear asses on some. Oh no, it's the fight scene with the the. There was a fight scene. God damn it! He was the guy, the limo driver. Dude, he, it's the limo been driver. Years since I've seen, that I movie. just watched it like and a it was month 20 ago. Twenty years old. Twenty years ago. Oh so. god, the limo driver, uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's limo driver, was the guy that played Polly in Rocky, and he plays this tough fucking limo driver. Doesn't say much, and then when it, they get into this bar fight, and he just looks over at these jocks and he grabs he grabs one of those old uh, metal napkin containers and holds it up and stares at the guy and just crushes it with his hand. He crushes like a stainless steel thing, and then they get into this fight. Robert Downey Jr. just jumps off a bar onto a guy and just goes full spider monkey and kicks oh, the shit I out of this guy. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what? I just had a I just had a really <clears throat> odd revelation, man, just sitting here um enjoying my vape pen. And you know, the same amount of time has passed from nineteen eighty to twenty twenty. This has from nineteen forty to nineteen eighty, and that just fucking that melted is, my brain. Someone brought that similar thing and it was Jeez, like since World please. War Two to 80 and from 80 to now yeah it's like what the fuck and, and i feel like you guys are just doing this on purpose because i'm the only one at the table who's about to turn 40 he started it you're about to <laughs> turn, <just> turn 40 <laughs> you're about man. to turn 60 you're over 40. wait 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 you're about to turn 40 lots sooner than i'm about to turn 60 so i understand there. that <laughs> i'm just saying well so yeah you're on the verge of turning 57 or whatever right like the event horizon uh, is is making itself visible. Right, you're, but think, but you, you guys are literally talking in multiples of forty years, you dicks. Oh. Like no, I, I don't know what made me think that, but I was just thinking that. I was thinking, man, that's a trip because I was alive in nineteen eighty and right and uh, right and the space shuttle. Without you guys, we, I don't know when you were born, eighty eighty one, right? 81. So so that was in Reagan was president of the space shuttle. I remember distinctly when that happened. And then, like I said, forty years prior to that, it was the World War Two was just getting rolling. Right. I mean, there was like. <laughs> there are still horse-drawn wagons and hitches in most towns. It's like, oh, God. That's <laughs> a trip, man. I'm so glad we talked about uh, old technology becoming new again because I feel like I am officially old technology. I hope I become new again like vinyl. I'm going <laughs> no. to have a Joe renaissance here in the next 10 years. Right. I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with. Give me some, get some cardio under my belt and maybe do some Botox. Oh, I mean, we wind the clock back just a half a moment here. But Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback movie was, wasn't it? Kiss, 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 Kiss Bang, Bang, Bang. Yeah. You yeah. seen that movie? Oh, yeah. That's a fucking great. I love that movie. Yeah, that was a great movie, man. With Val Kilmer. And it was like the last good Val Kilmer movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, he uh, was in. What, what happened to him, man? Throat cancer. Know. No. He, I, he, had sta- he had stage four throat cancer. He should have died. Val? Sh- yeah. Yeah. Like six years ago, seven years ago. That's that's why he there were he kept it quiet. He didn't tell. See, I many never people knew that. I don't I don't really follow he, the stars, but he I don't I really saw him in like Kill the Irishman, which was a really cool movie. And, yeah. But he didn't look right. And he didn't look right. Yeah, because like, he was right. going through cancer yeah, treatment. Dude, he was all like, puffed up. He had the moon face you get yeah. from, from prednisone. That's what that's from. And then yeah. he lost it, lost all that weight. But now he can't speak very well. Like I'm I'm interested to see they're keeping it under wraps, but I'm interested to see what his role is in the new Top Gun movie because he's in it. He I, has, think, he has I think he should billing. reprise Batman, dude. That's what I want to see. <laughs> All fat and just come out and just like fucking. But he'll have the gravelly voice. Yeah, yeah. Just go hard, dude. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but he'll still be a badass. But he'll be like an old like, washed up Batman that doesn't really yeah, give, a, give yeah, a fuck. Or... Yeah, he's like he's like disgruntled Batman. He's like, <laughs> he's, get off my lawn. He's like Bat Boomer. You know what I'm saying? He's just, <laughs> bat, he's just... bat Boomer. 
that drives slow in the left lane in the Batmobile. <laughs> but it has, it has like Trump 2020 sticker on the back of the Batmobile. And he's smoking. He's smoking a cigarette with his arm hanging out with a lit cigarette out of the... here, man. Absolutely. <laughs> he goes to Great American Pizza. <laughs> Instead of, instead of fighting crime, just, he's fighting I just, protesters. Like I just, just plugged that place, man. That place is that place is scary to drive by. Dude. I I, I can't. We were talking about feeling okay walking through Butler, man. I wouldn't. I, I, I couldn't. I, Great American pizza, man. Every time someone I, I know says the pizza is pretty good. I've heard that the pizza there. is phenomenal there, but yeah. here's the thing, man. I, if if it's kind of like you don't really fit in. If, if Nazis own Waffle House, I'm not going to Waffle House. I'm just and I'm not comparing the people. I don't know them. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, but if you don't, if you, it's, it's. it's I, I struggle with this because I know, I, I put a strong association with like, like an artist, like a musician, right? I, there's a strong association with their politics and their art to me, and I have trouble separating those two. So if I don't, if they're like a total piece of shit, like when I found out that John Lennon was a real asshole to not only his first wife but his first son. And he was estranged from Sean Lennon for like fucking 20 years. Didn't talk to him, didn't support him, nothing. Right. I have trouble. I fucking struggle with that because I love the Beatles. Uh, you know, like if, if uh, like, and like it just, that shit kind of bothers me. So like, I kind of don't want to patronize a business if it's that fucking, if it's that right. overboard. And I'm kind of the same way, but also I'm like, that's their right to believe that and do that with no, the business. It is, so I agree I with that, but that doesn't it, but mean I just that don't, I'm, I'm going to go there. As a business owner myself, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you could just because you're instantly just cutting off a huge portion you of your demographic, yes, yes. You're pigeonholing yourself instantly. Like, so it's funny, but like, religion and politics aren't allowed in the shop, right? At Shady Grove, in fact, I, I think you were one of the ones that commented on it. But I recently had to post rules in the shop, and it's like three basic rules. Are you the one that put the fucking? Are you the one that printed up the sign that outdid my post-it note at the at at Blackbridge? Didn't you? I don't remember. Did you print that up? It says, uh, it says, no religion, no politics, don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Why, and I gave one <laughs> to a, Carrie. Yeah. Yes, then Carrie put that up. He goes, yeah, Pete did that. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah I, I don't like Pete showing up my fucking handwritten signs. I didn't mean up there. to. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just messing with It wasn't intentional. It, it was but... a hand. It was, it, it was. Well, the first one was at, was at the garage. Was at the garage. You guys should have kept that it, original one. It That's did keep it. It stayed on the fridge. It was taped up on the fridge for seven, seven years until Pete decided to fuck me all up and gentrify my sign. Are you, wait, 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 are you because <laughs> mine was I a, a bougie sign, yeah, motherfucker. You needed a bougie sign because you're a fucking bougie ass Spaniard, That's, is what it's it is. It's fucking bullshit. True, man. I, I, <laughs> my I pasty white honky ass, my handwritten white trash oh, you the one sign. That was at the garage, moved to downtown. That yes. sign that you wrote. Yes, it said it originally said no religion, no politics. Right. And then the space underneath it. Once we moved downtown, is when that Yankee fan came and I put no Yankee fans because mm-hmm. that guy was dressed head to toe in Yankees gear and being a prick. Before he ever had any alcohol, so he was just a prick in general, so, and alcohol just made it worse. And then he went to pay for his his beer, and it was a Yankee, New York Yankees credit card. And oh I was just God. like, "This is fucking what a fucking jerk off." So I put no Yankee fans on there, and it just stayed there. People that's got funny. a chuckle out of it. Yeah, yeah people that funny. are people yeah. that are Yankee fans that they're like, we know that there's a bunch of dickheads. Exactly. If I put no Dodger fans, I I probably would have got shot because those are Dodger shanked, fans. Yeah, I would have got yeah. That's fine. Whatever. That's that, that just proves my point. That, yeah. Uh, what I say, uh, Dodger. I have a friend that Doyer. I work with that are Dodger fan. I said, Dodger fans are just Raider fans that haven't been caught yet. Right. And, <laughs> and well, there's a difference like, between a Dodger fan and a Doyer fan. What's that? A Doyer. A Doyer, a Doyer fan. He was like Doyer. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, that's no shit, man. <clears throat> I. In fact, if you go, if you go and you look up, 
you go and type in D-O-Y-E-R-S shirt, Doyer's shirt. Oh, no. And they straight up sell Doyer's shirts because... It, is the is, Are they all oversized and yeah, way too know, long? You know what they are. And meant to be... I know what they... I know the type of person. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a early 80s Oldsmobile lowered with That's 13s on it and idea. primer paint job. I know exactly what you're talking about. And you will get shanked, bro. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Fuck around and find out. Like, Um, that's the straight up truth, man. But yeah, no, that's funny. But (laughs) it's funny that that you. But yeah, the no religion, no politics, don't be a dick. Yeah, absolutely. Which is just smart, man. It's a music shop. Talk about music. It's a brewery. Talk about beer. Talk about anything else. But Great American Pizza is probably safe in Golden Valley. They probably haven't. They're probably doing. I would disagree with that. I mean, I I would have a tendency to disagree because a lot of their traffic is drive by and a lot of the people driving by are from Vegas and California. And and going into Laughlin and whatnot. You know, you're talking about you're talking about, for the most part, pretty liberal cities and to see. To see that has got to be a little bit of shock value, you know, for somebody that's like, oh, I'm really hungry. Here we are in Golden Valley. Let's see what they got. And it's like, whoa. Well, they could still call it, let's say, Great American Pizza and then just leave it at that and have it like American I agree. I agree. For the first several years that they were open, I I don't think that they were really, you know, painting their political agenda on Connexes out in front of their building. Yeah, that's Uh, crazy. And then when I first saw that, I was like, whoa, they're, they're into it. You know what I'm saying? And then. But it's become more and more extreme than the, the anti-masking thing. And now we're driving back. And I noticed that on the backside of them, it says recall Gene Bishop. Yeah. Which and I failed. really don't understand which, which, what which Gene failed. Bishop did. What did Gene Bishop do? <laughs> I, I, do you even know? I, does anybody I, know? I, I think I'd, it I'd be has to do. To it has to do with the I think they felt they were being harassed as a restaurant by not following restrictions at the governor put in place and, and that something that, that like the that. governor put in place that the county was forced to enforce they, they were right. they were their hand was forced right but they had to enforce that stuff and and gene bishop is their representative and gene bishop didn't go and say no fuck you we're not going to do this and, because and, you oh, kind of can't do that you tell the state to fuck themselves you lose all the funding for the yeah they, they divvy out money and that's the way it works. So you can't really do that. But so somebody they, who doesn't understand that nuance is not willing to read up on that. Is just going right. to be like, "Fuck her. She didn't stand up for our rights." Yeah, but she still kind of did because, like, uh, it's probably better that we do it like this rather than uh, like you have. You want you want to have rights, or do you want to have a life in two years? Like, and she lost her husband to COVID, by the and way. And she lost her husband to COVID. That that's was the big thing. Horrible, like, man. Yeah, yeah. Her, she lost her husband to COVID at the beginning of December, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were still on this fucking thing about it, and I'm like, that's kind of shameful. Like, I like, I just they should just drop it. Yeah, it, yeah, they should have just left it alone. But yeah, you're right, man. When you when you attach some sort of divisive political ideology or any sort of ideology, I was just gonna say any ideology. like any ideology whatsoever. It's like it's like Pete, you could open up like a, business. a like Mexicans yeah. only, no whites need to walk in. Like you could put that up in front of your shop if you really wanted right, to. Right, right. But why would you do that? Why like, would you? Why would you? As so, as somebody who's in, as somebody who has created something strict strictly for the sole purpose of creating revenue right why would you automatically just cut out part of that (laughs) just say okay no this is this let's scare the fuck out of anybody that doesn't believe this and 
and only the people that do believe it are going to come here. Well, right. now you you know now you're making less money. I just I don't get it. But it kind of goes back to what we were talking about though, with marginalized people needing a place to go and something to be part of. Right. So I, it, I it, it doesn't matter if they are actually marginalized or if they feel like it. They're they they you know what I mean. They're they're kind of one in the same, at least in that person's mind. I, I, so, I and feel I, and I like I'm just sitting here running this scenario through my head because I'm so non-political, like in in the shop. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, and I have I've had a couple customers that come in. And they know they know that I'm very liberal. They know that I'm a Democrat, and they're just like and and they're Republicans, and uh, they they want to get my goat, and they just uh, and they always got something to say. And I've actually lost a couple customers over that, and that's when that whole sign went up. Was like you no know we're, we're not going to do this. Yeah. We're not going to have these conversations. We're not even going to have fleeting glimpses of these conversations. Like the, well, the, and I don't understand like the unifying factor in that situation, in that equation is music, which is historically been incredibly political but it's such a huge wide spectrum we're unified by the fact that we love records we love music we love this stuff so why go in there and just start being a divisive asshole well, and I, it's I, I i'm sure some of its ego some of it is 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 it's it's just like the the 10th grade bully whose dad doesn't show him enough attention so he lashes out and beats the hell out of the it, fucking poor fat kid or whatever, you right. know? It's not that, but it is what we were talking about with, uh, with uh, and not to get too political, but with, like, the Trump movement and, like, uh, you know, all of his people that are hardcore supporters really feeling like they're finally part of something that's a movement, yeah. right? People want so to belong. They I want think, to connect. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that what what's happened, uh, I, I lost one customer. I never even had a political conversation, but he came into my shop, like, on the Saturday after election night and he's like what'd you think of that election it was fucking rigged and i said i thought it was pretty fair man and he never came back that was the only thing i said to him oh. man i was like i th i didn't think that there was that much fraud i mean i you know some things kind of seem fishy but i think a lot of things were just misinformation you know what i'm saying like there's always going to be some semblance of fraud in any large scale election like that you know well and it sounds like that guy was looking for but an excuse was, to not was, come around or just, well, a, just was, an excuse to be mad he was looking for a, a place to set a soapbox down and climb up on it and, you know, and kind of make sure that everyone knew what yeah. he wanted. And I wasn't giving it to him. And so he hasn't been back. It was a bummer, man, because he was because honestly, he was a pretty nice guy. And like, you know, I never had any problems prior to that with it, him. And then those were kind of the things that was like made me think, OK, it's time to just really and, and lock one, that down. I don't I don't want to have those conversations with people. We're here to have fun and, and and it's also odd that that's that's happening it, i mean that's kind of what it is now so 20 let's say 20 30 40 years ago probably no one would have ever come to you into your store and said hey man what do you think about an election you know no one's gonna just blast that out right no it's one's just gonna not give a, thing. a fuck yeah you know, and, and it's changed now it's like it's not the only thing you really could have said is i don't really think about it that much sorry you're here to you're here to shop you know what do you, I mean, you know you could have but i know yeah. he, he brought it up you probably felt obligated to say i don't know i thought it was all right it seemed harmless, like a harmless comment that you had. Right. Well, I was like, wasn't. I was like, I mean, well, he knew that I was going for sure, uh, for, sure. uh, for Biden. So he's like, I was like, I thought it was pretty good, man. I was like, I'm happy Biden won. I can't, I said a couple of things, but it wasn't anything that was like intrusive or, right, or right. demeaning or in any <clears throat> way. And it was just like, I mean, I didn't tell him, oh, you're a fucking idiot or anything like that. It was just kind of like, okay. And then, so I haven't seen him in. I, it, it's best just to keep things apolitical. Now, granted, have I had to shout people down as like, as a, because you know, when you're, I don't know if you, have you ever attended bar before? Fuck Pete? no. No. It's a, it's a strange responsibility that you have. And it's also a weird sense of power. And like, it, because 
you're the sober one wrangling drunks. Like and you can kick everybody out if you want you, to. You absolutely yeah. can. And luckily, I, I, you know, the people I've worked under have have always backed me up on. They're like, you're the one that's there. We're not there doing this. You're the one doing it. We'll back you up 100. percent Right. You know. Um. So I did have to. I've had to shout a few people down that are getting political in the bar. Like, nah, no politics. Uh, one guy like six months ago was like. Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, this is America, and uh, you're you can't infringe on my uh, rights. I'm like, yeah, I can, because this isn't America. This is a private business, and your First Amendment rights don't extend past the government. So I'm not gonna tell you again. Don't bring up politics, and don't bring up religion either. Yeah. If you if you have a problem with that, I'm I'm sure they're willing to welcome you somewhere else. But I'm letting you know right now, you get 86 from this place. The first five phone calls I make are to other bars in this town. Yeah. And he's like, that's when he rec- he realized that he was being a prick. He eventually apologized and gave me a $20 tip. He only had like two beers. He's like, hey, man, I apologize. Like, shit just gets out of hand sometimes. Like, that's nah, cool. That's why I'm here. That's why the bartender's not allowed to drink. Because we're the ones that have to have good judgment when the rest of you people don't. And he kind of chuckled, and he knew it was right. I, I was right. So I hate, I just, I'm like, fucking stop starting conflict. Yeah. People go to a place to enjoy things. Let them enjoy things. Shut that's up. that. That's my that's my disposition on the whole thing. Yeah, also. yeah. It's like I just I, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, it's not it's not worth it. I, I respect you, I respect everybody's stuff, man. I don't care what you believe in. If if it makes you happy, if it makes you a better human being to believe in whatever you believe in, to stand behind whatever you believe, that's great. If you're a functioning member of society that contributes something, awesome. More power to you. If 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 you're just doing it just to be an asshole, then. I mean, you know, go fuck yourself. We have you know? a, a flying yeah. club here that I'm a member of. Haven't been to in a while for any number of reasons, but you know, there were you know numerous Trump stickers in the hangar, and it's this is an apolitical organization. You know, it, it's a it's a national, <coughs> it, it's associated with a national group. And I didn't really say anything. I think I said a couple of different people, but not in in public. But I, you know, and people probably know that I'm I'm registered independent. I, I voted for all, I have voted for all parties, not parties, but all people that have different members of parties because I kind of vote for the person, whatever it is. That's for the most part, that's what I've done. But so people said, I said privately, I'll bring this up and they go, well, what if they would have said I had an Obama or a Clinton or this? And I said, well, A, I didn't vote for Clinton at the time. I voted for, for the Libertarian, I believe, whatever it was. And B, none of that shit belongs in here. Yeah, not a, not, not a political it's fucking a new, sticker it, belongs in this goddamn hangar. Again, it's a None. neutral territory where the unifying factor of all people is aviation or yep. or craft beer or records or, and music. Yeah, you know, it's a it should be just apolitical. But then again, I also respect a business owner. But that's a different story. That's a club. Mm-hmm. That's a that is a, a a flying club that's all about aviation and getting and promoting aviation with a national organization. Yeah, yeah see, that's, that's yeah, that's not that, a, it's not a private business. No. Yeah. That's when, uh, that's when, yeah, local politics or, you know, beliefs of the people in charge of a local chapter of something on a national level uh, starts to impede on the ideology over of the whole, yep. the whole thing. It, it kind of puts them in a precarious position or it could, you know, if somebody wanted to get I, a wild hair up their ass and right. start complaining. Yeah. I think I may bring it up again just, just to be a, they'll think I'm being a dick because, you know, people obviously take the stance that. You know, Trump is pro-American, and if you don't like Trump, then you're not pro-American. Yeah, those two aren't mutually exclusive or whatever. <laughs> or inclusive. Like, that's not, or whatever. Inclusive, yeah. That's yeah. not— And I'm like, what? Okay. I, uh, oh, I did get—I uh, will—I'm going to make you proud. Okay. 
because I had a guy I was bartending on Saturday afternoon, and this guy was he was very he was just boastful about. He was wearing, uh, definitely wearing an American flag T-shirt, mm. which I'm like, okay, whatever. Did it have and, a wolf? No, it didn't. An eagle flying. <laughs> it definitely had a big ass eagle on the back. Yeah. Uh, and but he, and I like he was the ones just, with the wolves though. He was going. <laughs> he he was just going on and on and on about stuff, and I was like, hey man, like the, I just kind of pointed to your sign that says no no. Apologies. Oh, it's not politics. This is America. It's not political. And I'm like, I understand that, but like you're getting into that realm. And he's like. Oh, well, I mean, if you're not proud to be an American, but, 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 but I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop you right there. Like, that's that's we don't need to go any further. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you ashamed to be an American? I'm like, no, not at all. But I'm not proud because I didn't do anything to become an American. I'm a, a member of the Lucky Sperm Club. I was downloaded Did, here. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> my parents had sex and had me and now I'm an American. I have pride in how I raised my daughter. I take pride in my work. I take pride in pouring you a proper pint. I take pride in what I do. And I have to. Have, I have pride in something that I accomplished. Joe brought this up because like, I kind of brought this fact up. You pride didn't back. accomplish anything, dude. Your parents had sex; they had you, and now you're an American. Right? You're here have, by default. Ha, right? You're have, fortunate to be an have, American. Have maybe. fucking ha, yeah. Have, you know, uh, feel blessed. Right. Feel Let's fortunate. Let's change that Lee Greenwood right? song, man. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Fortunate to be an American. Right. <laughs> But add like yeah. the long lost verse. It's right. like part of the Lucky Sperm Club. Like the right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just go hard, dude. And just pa- like, I had never thought about this before, but I knew always knew somebody who was like proud to be an American, proud, proud, proud. It always bugged me, and I couldn't figure out why. And Paul put it into words several years ago and told me, he goes, "You shouldn't have pride in something that you didn't do anything to accomplish." Right. It's like white pride or brown pride or black pride right. or yeah. any of that shit. It's a waste. It's it, all it is is a waste of energy, man. And it, it's a, yeah, it's a huge waste of energy. It makes things divisive. But like be patriotic. Love the country. Absolutely. Sure. But don't don't they're, they're like and, and then I kind of and he was like, oh, is that really how you feel? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you should talk to somebody who's like came here legally, struggled, left their own country behind. Uh, denied their former country of, said goodbye of birth, to their, where they were born in, yeah. left their citizenship behind and came here. Those people have the right to get proud to be an American tattooed on their fucking chest. Right. They worked for it. Yeah. Some of them really, really worked for it. And that that's the, those, that's the things you have pride in. I feel like the problem is you don't have a definition of pride. And when you, when you dilute the definition of pride, you take that away from people that actually worked for things. Right. And I could I, I can't believe it. The guy was like in that age group, and you know the age group I'm talking about, guys. Oh man! <laughs> and I could see the gears turning, and I was like, did I just make a breakthrough? <laughs> did I? If I, it's kind of like teachers are like, you know what? The the low pay is worth it if I can if I can and then just he looked at you if said, I reach you out to fucking one. call me. Yeah, he no, he, he was like, <laughs> you fucking you fucking suck at Bernie's dick. You're like no, <laughs> he did He didn't go that far. He's like he's Sorry. like you know you made me think about things. I I haven't I've never thought about it like that, and that I. You you have a very strong point. I never thought of it like that. And then he's he let, left his poor wife behind, sitting at the whatever table where she had Jesus her like glass Christ. of wine. And he sat at the at the the bar and just wanted to talk about this. Like for twenty minutes, we just went back and forth. Not an argument. He was just like, you know, I, I he left me a great tip. He 
that motherfucker, I don't even know. I did. I honest, I don't know how you use Yelp on a flip phone, but he did. He put a, a Yelp flip phone. Uh, he did. C C C. Oh, it took a while. It took a while. He was doing T nine. Yeah, three three weeks later, we get a letter. Please post this to your Yelp review. Exactly. He he posted a Yelp review like the next day, next day or day after. Is I had a great conversation with the bartender. Go to Blackbridge. Da da da. Ton of smart people. Great people. Gave me a tour. Great tasting beers. Da 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 da. And then a shout out to bartender Joe who gave me a moment of pause. Wow. I was like, "Fuck yes, I can die that's happy." A, I converted awesome, one man. boomer. No, it was a cool. It was it was a cool moment that I will probably never achieve that level of greatness ever again. But that, like, I I I'm just sure you will. It was cool. It was cool because it was something that you taught me that I finally applied <laughs> to my real life. I right. I you know, and I I gotta say, man, I I really respect your ability to do that. I just I think this is the difference between a thirty nine year old and a forty three year old. <laughs> Wow, that's not many years apart. Well, I know, but it's always like it's Here's always thing, like though. you feel like you're 20 till you hang out with 20 year olds, and then you're like, God damn, I'm not 20 at all. But no, I was just making a joke about that. But I I just don't have the want to expel that much energy anymore. So I just like deflect and ignore most of that stuff now because I just I've I've come to this conclusion that like as human beings on a daily level, on a weekly, yearly lifetime scale we have a certain amount of energy that we can expel right and we have to choose like how we're going to use that energy like like on a daily basis are you going to use it to be angry you're going to use it to be divisive are you going to argue are you going to are you going to try and bring joy to the world and i just don't want to expel my little little cup of energy that i have for the day saved up i don't want to expel that trying to explain to stupid people why they're stupid like it's the, just the thing about that though is is i and while i agree and agree to uh to a certain extent and respect that point of view i was on the clock and i had to wrangle this in because it could have spiraled out of control if i, I didn't I do that. something I get that. however i use that as an opportunity to do something else that i like to do which is teach somebody something and if they're willing to learn, all if they're willing to learn a concept that blew my mind at like 35 years old, I'm willing to help that guy do it. So, and and I got, dude, my kid's grown. I don't yeah. work that hard. I don't fucking, I, I have a lot of energy to expend. That's it, man. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know what? Respect, man. Like, I, I get that. And uh, it, I guess it's it, just, I have... I have two little boys and a business, and it's like I have a lot of things that I can be expelling that energy on. I really Fuck don't yeah. want to explain I totally to this get guy. That too. Like, yeah, you know, no, I get like, it. Like, Jesus, yeah. man, I have and too much. If like, I had been a patron in the bar, I probably wouldn't have said jack shit to right, him. Right, right. Like, well, just so you guys know, like, yeah. it's not like I'm, like, seeking these people out. I'm not some shaman. People come to me for enlightenment. I just – I happen to have a speck of brilliance in that one argument that actually just – hit that guy at he it, like in between beer two and three it was like the perfect moment to hit right. that where he had like a, this moment of clarity and he was like holy shit and it really made him talk like and he ended up going over and talking with his wife and hanging out for uh and she thought it was funny she was like thanks uh thanks for the philosophy lesson like she she wasn't being she wasn't being an asshole or being flippant she was more cracking a joke on the fact that they're on a road trip like vacation and, and learning and, stuff in Podunk, Arizona. And, well, and all she could talk, all he could talk about to her for an hour was the. He's like, "Fuck, I never thought I was a fucking proud." I love American. I, I got proud of <laughs> an American I got on my truck, for and that, I, man, yeah, yeah, you know, because like, like as a patron, like you said, like there's only two modes for me as a patron. Like if I walk by somebody that's clucking off like that, it's like ignore them or punch them in the face, right? Because there's no, there's really, it's like the. 
it's not going to get that's it. North, North Pole, right. South Pole, like there's the, no. It, in yeah, between. exactly. And it all, like you said, has a, has to do with energy or bandwidth right. is a, is another right. term to yeah, put it. It's exactly. like we only have a certain amount of bandwidth, and I fucking don't have the bandwidth to deal with that. Yeah. But at that point, that was my devoted bandwidth was to wrangle that in so that it, he fucking didn't start pissing because didn't keep. I don't going. want twenty dollars from that guy to sat. I don't like. I don't want to take twenty dollars from that guy to sacrifice $100 from the other patrons in the bar right. that get uncomfortable and leave. And I've seen that happen. I just wasn't going to do it. But I was able to just kind of roll that in there because it's such an interesting concept to me because I, I grew up in the Bible Belt. Like, remember, like, yellow ribbons around the tree and shit like that, you know, the first Gulf War, like that stuff like that, flags, Lee Greenwood, bleh, like all that, Star Spangled <laughs> Awesome. I can play the Star Spangled Banner on, like, five instruments, you know? Like really? I, yeah, because I was in marching band. You're and we had to play it. With, what's that? Huh? What did you say? I said you're an asshole. I'm an asshole. Why? You can play five instruments. Uh, what do yeah, you do now? Yeah, Trumpet, not very, French not very horn. Good. I'm, I'm kidding, oh, Joe. I'm kidding, Joe. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, for all of your carbon fiber and composite needs, please seek out other places. <laughs> uh, no, I. I, I Cold blooded. I, <laughs> I was. I no. I was in. I was in marching band, orchestra, and all that stuff. So I can oh, play. Nice, I can play nice. most valve brass instruments. I. I can. When I say play, I played. He plays the spoons. Yeah, but I. But. <laughs> The skin flute. I'm kidding. I the skin flute. Uh, I am. I am still proficient at the skin flute. A lot of things I left behind in youth. That's the one thing I carried uh, as I approach forty. You learned that in Cub Scouts, though, huh? Yeah, I learned that at Cub Scouts, but not from my scout leader. The jug. Joe was balls deep in the Scouts, but they were never balls deep in him. Shameful. Just a shame. Fucking. Just absolutely fucking brilliant. God damn it. I'm, we need to. I think we should do this like once a month. What's that? Just hit this podcast yeah. with yeah. you, Pete. I Pete, thought you guys did the podcast all the time. We do it once a week. I mean, yeah. with you. Oh, <laughs> that's what we do it all. No, the we do it all. The, we, I was gonna say I've listened to a few of them. I, no, we do it every week, but you, but with you, because this has been fucking wonderful. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've had a blast, man. It's cool. Yeah, For sure. Cool. All right, let's wrap this up. Shady Grove Records, downtown Kingman, Route 66, Andy Divine in town. What's the address? 525 East Andy Divine. 525 East Andy Divine. Go get some vinyl. Yeah, right. Or now. bring us, or bring us yours, and bring we'll buy vinyl. it from you. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like stickers and stuff and T-shirts? Oh, I got get? all kinds of crap. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. we got. Yeah, we have stickers and T-shirts, and uh, you know, we we're working right now on on expanding our our merchandise line for our shop. Before, we, like when you first open a business, you're like, I don't think anybody. It just feels like you're trying to sell people your business card. Like it just right. seems shitty. And like the more people that come in, they're like, I want a shirt that has your logo on it. I want to represent. And I'm like, yeah, these people, they really they like me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They I mean, like the shop. Like, if you know. every, when I think about that, I just think back to every concert I've gone to. I've seen something, something records, whether it's uh, Zia or we said Trails earlier. Yeah. Trails t-shirts at concerts yep. in Phoenix for fucking two decades oh, right? were a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, what's another one? Um yeah. What's the you Vegas record like, chain? There's like four. There's like there's Zia. There's, there's Record City up there. There's uh, there's a bunch of them. But yeah, like you always see like Amoeba San Francisco yeah, or Rasputin right. Records. Yes, or exactly. Like all of those places, you know, Tower in, you know, even back in the day, it was like Tower Records and all that. And there's still there's still stacks. Stacks. Yeah. Stacks exist as a record yep. store still. Like, yeah. So. Yep. Have you, have you already modified your logo a little bit or not? You're working on it now, you said? Yeah, we're, we're working on it right now. Well, really, all we did was take, like, the uh, the tree with the record underneath, you mm -hmm. know, the, the tree of life growing from music and mm -hmm. with the Arizona flag in it, and we kind of added a few things and some text so that people know where it's from. At first, 
my idea was I was just going to put the logo on a shirt with no writing at all. And then my wife's like, well, people are going to want to take this back to where they're from and say, hey, this is from Arizona. You know, there's a record store there. And like, you know, are people that yeah, buy, buy for their family for a birthday yeah, exactly. or something like that. Yeah, of so, course. So, yeah. We, so we had to add some text to it. So it, it looks cool. So, so is that, are those shirts coming out with that new logo pretty soon, you're saying? Yeah, they're coming out. Uh, we're going to have some here in the next two weeks. Oh, cool. So, very good. Yeah, I, very will, cool. I will be shirts, picking up one of those. Shirts are ordered, and they are at the screen printers on backlog like everything else in the world right now. Right. So very nice. We're waiting, but we're excited. I mean, it's it's just been so much fun. It's been It's really just been uh, it's been an amazing outpouring of support from the community, from all of our friends and family, and uh, and just the acceptance that we've felt from everybody. It's it's been awesome, man. Like, that's great. Just that's awesome, place man. Is getting better yeah. all the time. Hell yeah! I'm so glad you came out. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. All right, thank you, Pete. Thank yeah, you, Paul. All right, well, that's well, thank it. Thank you, Joe. All right. Go to Shady Grove Records. <laughs> <laughs>